Welcome to episode 78 of Coffee and Co-Read, your source for all things literary with Kristen and Catherine, where we believe there's nothing better than a hot coffee and an awesome book. Join us for our virtual book club, where we take one book a month and dive into all the drama, adventure, and romance we can find. Hey, Kristen. Hi, Catherine. So, today's Would You Rather question is, would you rather never be able to buy a book again, or never be able to read a book that you have purchased? Uh, To me, this one's an easy one. Because yeah. I sort of already have to do it anyway. <laughs> what, what way is that? So I would obviously rather never be able... No, I would rather never read a book I've purchased. Yeah. Because I buy books left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. I probably have about 35 books in my house right now that I've bought in the past, like, six months mm-hmm. that I have not touched. Yeah. So, I'm already sort of doing the <laughs> never read a book I've purchased, and instead yeah. I'm just going on Libby and, like, reading flat out. And yeah, like, but I guess it would you wouldn't be able to buy it on Kindle either. But again, like, you can work through Libby. Yeah. And, like, there are, there are a whole bunch of free books that you can get online that aren't half bad. Yeah. I could steal people's Kindle Unlimited free trials, considering <laughs> I already use mine. But, like, I could steal my husband's. Yeah. I could steal my kids. They're too little for it anyway. Because <laughs> they have Amazon accounts? No, they don't. You're right. I could steal my parents, my sister. Yes. I can just steal everybody that I know. Yeah. And that would get me, like, a year or more of free months of Kindle Unlimited. <laughs> And then what? Then you're just done? (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) I guess you would be able to buy... I'd not buy it. I guess you'd be able to read the books that you've bought. Yeah. Like, before now. Yes. Up to this point in your life. And that's that's 35 (laughs) books right there. I know. But I I reorganized my books lately. um, And I have a shelf of books that I haven't read yet. And I'm like... I'm going to read those this year. That's my goal for this year. <laughs> I have not I have not touched a single one. <laughs> like, it's Jeff's bad. read at least six of them. <laughs> and also, we have another shipment on the way. <laughs> yeah. We have problems. Yes. But also, true. it is very common for book readers. Like, Oh, yeah. It is huge. Like, you just go out and buy more books, and then you never read them. hmm So, yeah, no. I am getting Fourth Wing tomorrow, and I think Ooh. I will read that one. I've heard a lot of good things. I'm getting it as well, because it's just impossible. Like, I was waiting for it on Libby, and um, the library had, like, six copies of it, and I was still, like, a hundred and. 16th in line yeah it was gonna be months and months and months because yeah people i'm at several months late yeah on libby but it's coming tomorrow in the mail yeah so So i allegedly uh, yeah right so yeah so i also i just ordered it through the bookstore Mm -hmm. 
And I also got the fifth from Blood and Ash one while I was at it because I needed like ten more dollars and you get free shipping. Oh man, I have so. an account. You should just tell me I get ten percent off and free shipping. But yeah, I did the same thing. I got um I got Fourth Wing and from Blood and Ash. And then I I bought, and I don't really know why, because I got it and I'm already mad at it. But I bought, um, I don't even know what it's called, but the Ballad of Whatever, the like prequel oh, for the Birds Hunger and Games. Snakes. Mm, yeah. Yes. I'm like, maybe I'll read that eventually. Mm. I don't know if I will, but I got the soft cover version, so it's fine. <laughs> I've actually, like, I've heard that the story is actually really good. Nobody I'm never gonna into read a it. Terrible person. It does, yeah, and I'm never gonna read it. Like, granted, as much as I'm here for the Hunger Games, I've talked a lot about how much I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm never gonna read that prequel. Yeah, I kind of want to reread the Hunger Games. And you know what, my dumbass did. I was like, I want to reread the Hunger Games, and I want to do it now. So I put my name down for it on Libby. I own it. <laughs> I just, <laughs> it's downstairs. I just, sometimes I just want to read on my phone. It's just so much easier and it's in front of you all the time. I don't know. I know. That's like, I don't even know where half my books are. So like, you know that I'm turning um, the section that had my kids' toys in it. Now the kids' toys Mm -hmm. have been purged, but also moved upstairs. I'm not that terrible. Uh, (laughs) I haven't gotten rid of everything. And I'm turning that section in the living room into like a little book corner, like a little book nook. Book nook. Yeah. So like... (laughs) I'm like, yes, because I need space for all my books. Because, like, I literally, I have hundreds of books. Yeah. And I was like, I haven't seen them in ages. I don't know where they are. So I actually asked my mom yesterday. I was like, are, do you still have books at my at your house, like, that are belong to me? She was like, no. <laughs> so, like, I don't even know where all my books are. I'm assuming they're out in my garage, just, like, sitting in Tupperware. Yeah. From when we moved and just didn't have space for them. I'm hoping that's where they are. And I really want to, like, get them out of storage so that I can, like, remember the books I have. And I'll probably find ones that I want to read again. And Yeah. And ones that you've bought and never read. Yes. Guaranteed. And you can organize them and you can be like, I'm going to do it and then never do it. Yeah. (laughs) Although I have seen some really cool... um, uh, I'm part of a couple groups on Facebook and I've seen some really cool, like you know 2023 reads like people are doing like the alphabet like trying to read a book for every Mm -hmm. letter of the alphabet yeah like it has to have the title the start of with that letter yeah 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 there's a lot of cool like different things that people are doing like that i've seen on instagram and stuff too like there's one person that has them like each book is numbered and then a jar of numbers and you pick it out and then you read that book oh that's cool yeah, I thought about doing something like that, too. I just haven't gotten around to it. See, my big thing with that is, so if I did that, I would end up like, oh, I don't really want to read this one. And then I'd shove 100%. the number back in, and then I'd pick a different yeah. number. We're going away for the weekend coming up. Yes. And I am taking... Only? Our, no, I'm taking our... Only. I'm taking the book that we're doing for this podcast mm-hmm. september this is the last week of this book yeah so i'm taking um air surprise next month's book 
Sorry. Um, I'm taking a romance book. I'm taking a spicy romance book. I'm taking... Um, it came up under dark romance, so I was like, I'm going to call that spicy romance. Um, I'm taking another romance book that I'm like three quarters of the way through, but then I just was kind of like, I don't know if I care anymore. Mm. But what if I get the, in the mood to? And I think I have one other book just out on the table that I'm taking. Like, that's too many books for three days. It's four books. Five. Five but, books. That's not insane. It is for me. Okay. I'm a, I'm a pretty slow reader. Also, one of our nights, we're kayak camping. So, like, probably won't get to the island until it's, like, getting dark, and then it's a fire, and then bed. So it's like, we're not we're not doing anything that night, reading-wise. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess. And Jeff's taking Throne of Glass, which he's reading. Does he like it so far? I think so. He's not really overly vocal about books, but I'm like, tell me what you think. Do you yeah. like it? And he's like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I know. I actually gave a colleague from Blood and Ash. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. I think you were telling anyway, me. Anyway, and I was like, I want updates. And she was like, okay, mm-hmm. like, I'll text you. Like, I'll text you. And I was like, every hour. She was like, um, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Please. <laughs> but like, if I asked you for updates, frequent updates, I think you would give me frequent updates. Yeah, every time I had a thought. Yes. <laughs> it would be obnoxious. <laughs> but I need, that's what I want. I know, I know. I can't think of a book that, like, would even do that with anymore. It didn't really work for Akatar because I just, I didn't care about Feyre in the first place. I know. Or, or Tamlin or Lucian. Because <laughs> I know, like, you and um, Ashley were asking me which one of them I liked the best, mm. and I was like, I hate the both. <laughs> None of <laughs> you're them. Like, you're like, you're supposed to ship her with least one of them. <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> like, yeah. Funny. Yeah. Anyway. So... <laughs> I guess we'll get into our episode. Um, but just a heads up, this is not a spoiler-free zone, and things might get a little saucy. Yeah, so it is our last week with A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire by JLA. Uh, this week is chapters 35 to the end, a.k.a. chapter 45. So last week, uh, we ended off with... Um, so we had Poppy and Castile head to um, Spessa's End, which is an, sort of an extension of Atlantia that's actually in Solace, but it's close enough to the mountains, uh, so the Ascended don't really come there, so it's like a new settlement that Castile has like championed. Um, they like got close, she fed him... They did it in a hot spring, like there were some <laughs> sexy times, uh, uh, but ultimately they agreed to get married, but like she doesn't think he loves her and that he wants to get married. He doesn't think she loves him and she doesn't really want to get married. And to top it all off, uh, Alistair was a meddling jackass and <clears throat> told uh, Poppy all about 
what's her name? Gianna, who uh, Castile's actually supposed to marry when he gets back to Atlantia. There's like a different girl around every corner right? with Castile. Yeah. Shay, Gianna. That's really it. But we're only two books in. Yeah. It's like that that meme that's like, if I had a nickel for every time this happened, I'd only have two nickels. But it is weird that it happened twice. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they were in the middle of like explaining everything and their big argument and sort of what you would expect was like the pronounce, pronunciation of feelings, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of a sudden... Someone comes in and tells them the sky is on fire. It's not on fire, but the ascended are coming. The ascended are coming. The ascended are coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Delano was the one to go out, and he brought another guy to Dante. That's just a jackass guy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Delano comes back, and he's injured, so Poppy heals him. And... So he tells everybody that the Ascended are, obviously they are coming, but, and not in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the spice for this week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they're burning everything as they go. So they literally showed up at New Haven, I guess found no one there, or I don't know what they found, uh, but burned it. And they've burned all the woods and all the grasses on their way to Pompeii, which was like the graveyard city, and the forest in between and everything, a.k.a. the Dead Bones Clan, the people that attacked Poppy and Castile and them. And the guy was super gross and wanted to, like, I don't even know what he wanted to do. Yeah, I don't know if he wanted her alive or dead. Yeah, the guy with with the face mask. But not the kind that you wear during COVID. <laughs> um, so, question. What do you think the point of the Dead Bones clan was? Do you think they're going to come back? I honestly... Because it's... If, that, if, that, if this is the only point to be like, death and destruction, then it was just irrelevant and could have been cut. I agree with you. I don't, I, I'm not 100% sure if they come back. I mean, again, I haven't gotten that much farther than you. So, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be a greater point to them or not. Um, I just feel like there has to be. But at the same, <sighs> like, I don't know if maybe it was just another, an, another, like, threat to their lives. Like, it's not mm. safe out here. I, you know, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I wish there's more to it. I hope there's more to it. But I also am like, are we just reading too much into it because of Sarah J. Mass, like, lays breadcrumbs upon breadcrumbs upon breadcrumbs. And, like... Do we have Sarah J. Mass PTSD? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> like, and and she does like she does not mention anything that does not that is not relevant. You don't might not know yeah. that it's relevant. Yeah, but it's always relevant. Um, not to at all make fun of PTSD in any way. Um, just FYI. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I kind of think. 
I guess it's kind of necessary in this world that there are people living outside of both yeah. ruling places. Yeah. Like, it would be a bit um, not real. What is the word I'm looking for? It'd be a bit Unreal. unbelievable. Oh, yeah. yeah Unrealistic. Yeah. Unrealistic. If there weren't people that, like, weren't in between and weren't just living on their own and, like, that kind of thing. It'd be, you know, that'd be, that would be unrealistic on itself, too. Especially with so many dissenters and people running and people that are probably, like, not for the Ascended, but I'm also not diehard for the Atlantean, so... Yeah. Not that I think that this group would be my choice. <laughs> like, excuse me, excuse me, I'd like to sign up, please. Where is my face mask? Yeah, right? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Can you imagine just like finding one and putting it on and being like, I want you know. <laughs> yeah. You'd think that there'd be some like more in between that aren't as extreme. But I guess. Maybe they started that way and then they had to make a living and mm. needed face masks. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he also, like, tells them, like, they're like, oh, how many? And he says, like, it's a huge combi. Oh, my God. It's a huge. <laughs> Another one of these days. <laughs> Every day is one of these days. Yeah. Uh, so it's a huge convoy. There are, like, wagons filled with supplies. There are, like, carriages with blackout. Because, like, obviously the Ascended, if they're traveling for days on end, they can't be out in the sun. So they need, like, blackout carriages to protect them from the sun. So there are those. So, like, they know that there are Ascended and maybe some Royal Knights. Um, so, yeah, he estimates it's about 800. Which doesn't seem like a lot, considering, like, you know, Helm's, the Battle of Helm's Deep was, like, 10,000. Yeah. We don't really have any grasp on how many of these people exist. Live in, yeah, either place, really. Yeah. Like, maybe the Craven are just overwhelming everybody. And, like, obviously every city that exists still needs guards, so they can only take away so many people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but nonetheless, it's an army. Mm -hmm. Uh, and apparently, like, one of the soldiers or somebody from the army saw Dante and Delano sniffing around and used the arrows to get both of them. So Dante was struck first and struck right through the eye, so he died, like, instantly. Uh, Alistair spoke up that, like, even though he didn't know when to keep his mouth shut, he didn't deserve to die. Because Dante is the one that spoke up earlier and was like, we don't like you, Poppy. And, like, you know, like, was essentially a jackass to her. And she had to be like, dude, I was held captive all my life. What do you want from me? (laughs) But, yeah, so Alistair was like, well, he didn't deserve to die. And I just wanted to be like, no shit, Sherlock. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, he's just being yeah. like, ugh. No, I, I think I think he did deserve to die. Although, Castile probably thinks he deserved to die. But, like, you know nobody's going to say that. No, like, obviously. Castile's not going to be like, yes, he did. 
Although it would be funny if he did. It would. <laughs> and Poppy's not going to be like, well, I think he did too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like That's how she talks. That's how I think she talks. <laughs> fair, fair. Anyway. So Castile asks if he saw anybody from New Haven. So they were supposed to start arriving soon, um, but nobody has arrived yet. So they're a bit concerned. Um, but they're hoping that they sort of saw the Ascended coming and just like took a different, longer route around. Um, but Delano said he didn't see any Royal Knights, but they did have the blackout carriages. Um, and Castile thinks that that's actually really good news. And I guess he says it means that the majority of the army are human, which gives them a better chance of survival, which mm-hmm. makes sense. But we got to keep in mind that this town of Spezend has 100 people in it, a give or take. Yeah. Right? Like maybe like a little bit more, but, you know, yeah. it's not a lot. No. Uh, Alistair doesn't think they stand a chance, which like... Thanks, dude. That's really helpful. Yeah. Like, God. Anyway. Um, so it says that they have less than 100 able to fight. And then they say they have 20 archers. So I don't know if it's less than 100 able to fight plus 20 archers, giving them around 120. Or if it's less than 100 able to fight, including the 20. I feel like it must be including the 20 because they get, not to spoil it, but they get overwhelmed pretty quickly. Yeah, I guess. But they also have an additional 20-odd people from Castile and Alistair's group. Um, so Delano also tells them they're traveling in two groups. And I, I mean, I get it, but I also don't at the same time. So apparently the first one is a smaller group, only has two to three hundred, and will arrive in a day or so. Um, and the large group is coming behind them in about two-ish days. So, like, I get it. Like, I completely understand why you would split into two groups. One is faster, and then the other one is obviously slower because it's bigger. Um, which, which one's burning everything? I'm assuming the, the small one. Yeah, but no, it would have to be the big can't. ones. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. It's, it's weird. They're not burning. I was thinking the small one too, but then I was like, but then how does the big one get past? And they would die. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. That'd be so dumb. <laughs> we would be terrible generals in an army. Oh, 100%. Yes. Yeah. So obviously they know the army is coming for Poppy. Although how they know that Spess's end is there is beyond me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Castile is like adamant. They will not get what they want. But Poppy sort of like thinks about it. And she argues that she doesn't want to put the people at risk. Mm-hmm. And she's like, if handing herself over will spare the people here, then she'll do it. But Castile points out like, they're not going to spare anybody. Like... Once they have her, they're still going to kill everyone just because they can. Because remember, in New Haven with Lord Cheney, she gave herself up so that he would let the boy go. And he still killed the boy just because he had him in his hands. Yeah. Didn't even eat him. Didn't even eat him. Like, couldn't even take him to go. (laughs) 
He took her to go. He took her to go. It's true. Um, so like, she sort of is like, oh yeah, you're kind of right. But like, I almost feel like there should be a token give up here. Like, I feel like she should have pushed her a little bit harder. Like, I feel like she was like, yeah, you're right. I won't give myself up. I won't sacrifice myself. Like, very quickly. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like she should have maybe thought about it a little harder. Yes. I don't know why. I think she just kind of realized that Castile wasn't going to agree with it. And she was like, "Mm, I'm not going to argue with him. I'll do what I want. Maybe. I just like, you know what I mean? I just feel like she should have more conviction. Like, if she actually wants to Mm -hmm. save the people and actually wants to sacrifice herself, she should push a little harder to do it. Not saying she should do it, but I feel like she should have pushed a little harder. That's all. Uh, I get that. Anyway, so Castile orders Alistair to go across the mountains ASAP and get to the closest town, which is called Scion's Cove, and send back soldiers. So it shouldn't be too long, just a day. Uh, he wants to send Kieran with him because he needs someone else to go in case something happens to Alistair. And Kieran is obviously the fastest and the strongest. Woo! Of course he is. I mean, this bodes well for the threesome, though. <laughs> I'm. It's true. <laughs> we're never going to stop talking about it. No, so if and we're never going to stop shipping it. No, and I don't want any spoilers. I don't know if you want to know if there's actually going to be one, but if there isn't, I will be very disappointed. <laughs> I, I don't think there is one in the third book based on reactions that I have there's heard. There's definitely not in the third book. Okay. I'm praying for the fourth and fifth books. Maybe it'll happen in the seventh book. Maybe they'll end up as a thruple. If I have to wait that long after... The foreshadowing in this book alone. Yeah. And, like, I haven't really read the third one. But in this book, the foreshadowing for a threesome is wild. She just talks about it all the time. Yeah. And Kieran has already seen her naked. Yeah. Not that he really reacted to And she's seen him naked. That's true. Yes, that did happen And she was very embarrassed about it. But she's also been like, I feel like she's also been like, he would... I mean, he he would he would she like she thinks he's cute. He would do. He would do. Yes. Yep. Uh. Anyway, so the head guardian. So we already mentioned the guardians. They're like a a female warrior class. Um. So the head guardian's name is Nova, and she thinks Castile should be the one to go to get out of harm's way because he's the crown prince. He shouldn't be fighting. Because if he dies, what are they going to do? But he obviously refuses because he's a big, strong man. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says he's not going to leave his people to defend themselves alone. Yeah, of course. Uh, Kieran then tries to argue that if you're staying here, I should stay to protect you because protecting you is my sworn oath. Like, that is my job and my duty. Well, he's got a point. (laughs) Um, But Poppy, like, I don't know how she knows this. But she knows that Castile is sending Kieran away so that he can't, like, sacrifice himself for Castile. Yeah. I just don't get, like, how does she know that? You guys don't know that each other that well. How do you intrinsically know that about him? Well, I guess he did the same thing before. 
when he ran away to go save his brother, he was like, is this even He brother? ordered him to stay, yeah. Yeah. My God, my brain is so broken. Um, I don't understand the timeline of him and his brother, no. and I almost need a prequel of just that, because <laughs> I, I just cannot wrap my head around it. Yeah. Um, people are probably yelling at how dumb I'm being, but I just can't. <laughs> I can't. It's yeah, I just... Everything runs together, like... Yeah. Yeah. It's just mush in my Thanks. brain. Um, anyway, so, like, Castile then drops that, like, you know, you're, you're gonna be taking my most precious possession, or you're gonna be taking the thing most precious to me. You're taking Poppy with you to protect her. So, Castile wants... Kieran to take Poppy and protect her and he's like that's why I'm sending you away because you need to protect her and I'm just like dude give me a break that's what I say same um but yeah like so Poppy's like heck no and Castile's like he doesn't want the one thing the ascended want within their reach and he also doesn't want to worry about her handing herself over. <laughs> yeah. She was just thinking about it. And Nova, I didn't like this, agrees that she should go because she'll be a, li- a liability. Yeah, I think you're supposed to be like, oh, how dare they? Yeah. And, and I did. I was like, I <laughs> beg your pardon. But uh, Poppy says like, a really awesome thing well a couple of things she was like actually pretty sure the fact that i can heal people will be an asset on a battlefield hmm like valid mm-hmm. and also she said like she is great she's like i am just as good with a sword as i am with a bow and i'm damn good with a bow <laughs> and then she says and as for being a distraction to Castile, that's his weakness, not mine. And I'm like, bam! That part I love. Like, it's his weakness, not hers. Yeah. I'm like, yes, 100%. Yes. It's- I can't be mad at him for being like, I'm afraid she'll turn herself over. Because she will. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I just, I, I love this moment because it's something that society still struggles with, right? Is like, putting the uh, responsibilities on the men, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you shouldn't dress that way because it distracts men. You shouldn't do this because it's not appropriate in front of men. You shouldn't say this. You can't talk like that because it's not right in front of men. Or like, don't mention your periods because men get uncomfortable. Like, stuff like that. And I'm like, bullshit. Oh, 100%. Right? Like, no, that is on the dude. If you find periods uncomfortable, figure your shit out. Because 50% of the population, or, I mean, a little less, because people have issues. uh, Well, ages, too. Ages, and, yeah, and then, like... Everything. Yeah, there's all kinds of things. But, like, 50% of the people, population, actually, more like 51 to 52% of the population, uh are capable of perioding so like get over your shit right i i completely agree i was just laughing at perioding yeah um and like you know the whole thing with like oh you shouldn't wear tank tops because 
Yeah. Men, boys get Men. distracted. It's distracting. My shoulders are distracting? Okay. That doesn't seem like a me problem. I'm like, oh, don't wear that dress. You're asking for it. It's like, no. Ugh. That's a man's, like, men are responsible for their own actions. So, like, I just love, like, it was just such a, like, a nice, I just liked it. Yeah. I think more books need to add this stuff. <laughs> Actually, I think yeah. the books that we read are pretty good at, are pretty good at this for the most part. Yeah. Well, they're, like, we do read a lot of female authors. Yeah. Um, who, in general, are pretty yeah. good. Um, anyway, so this Nova misses, like, looks at her with respect then. And Castiel finally agrees, like, okay, fine, you can stay. But Karen still has to go, because he's, like, the, still the strongest and the fastest. So, um, the rest of the day they spend training and in strategy meetings. And Castiel actually includes Poppy, Poppy in all of these. Which is actually really nice. She's like shocked that he does it, but also really like appreciative. Yeah. Um, <laughs> afterwards, she waits for him in their room and she's like pacing back and forth and waiting for him to come up. Uh, and obviously it takes ages. Uh, and he, so she falls asleep. And when she wakes up, <laughs> uh, he's Edward culling her. Of course. Yes. We're verbing that Yes, now. we are verbing it. So he's, like, watching right. her sleep, which is fun for her. Um, mm, it's a thing. Yeah. So she tells him that he needs to rest, and he's sort of like, why? Like, why does it even matter? Are you worried about me? Like, just joking <laughs> around. And she was like, their normal pretense of their relationship. She would roll her eyes and be like, no, you're just a jackass. Get mm -hmm. off my case. But, like, I guess in the issue, what he said earlier, because they had had a fight earlier that they didn't get to finish, and he said, like, you never say anything, you never open up, so why do I bother telling you things? Yeah. Um, so, he sort of, she sort of is like, fine, like, so she decides to be honest and say, yes, I'm worried about you. Like, yeah. honestly i am so it's like this crossing a boundary in their relationship that wasn't there before yeah um so he then says like they need to finish their conversation before he rests and i'm secretly thinking you guys are getting ready for a war go rest please yes go to sleep like yeah. Count some sheep. I don't know. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like, you know, maybe they feel like the conversation can't wait because they think they're going to die. But, like. Which is also a fair point, I guess. I guess. But if it were me, I'd be like, I need to be at my physical peak. Let me sleep. I need a nap. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let me sleep, carb load, and then maybe we can chat while I eat. Okay. But that's not what happens. He says, we need to finish our conversation. And then he sort of like it. He brings up stuff that I don't feel is necessary. 
Like, the very first thing he says is, like, I feel shame at what he's done. Like, he's like, I feel shame at the things that I've done for you, to you. Like, using her that night in the Red Pearl. And she asked him why he stayed with her. And he mm-hmm. said it's because he knew he had to use her. Like, that night he said, oh, it's because you intrigue me. But in reality, it's because he knew who she was and had to use her. Yeah. So he's telling her now, but like, I, that shamed me, the fact that I had to do that. Yeah. I feel like this is kind of the, like, quintessential, I might die. I need to get this off my chest thing, Maybe. though. I guess, like, I just wish it, like, segued more... Like, I wish that he brought up the original conversation first. Like, this just mm-hmm. feels out of place to me. Yeah. But. I guess he's just starting at the beginning. I guess. Like, sorry, dude. <laughs> um, he also drops the bomb that he actually planned to take her the night of the right. The night that, like, everything went to shit. Uh, mm-hmm. And that Kieran and his crew were actually waiting for them, like, just past the garden. And he took her out to the garden, and instead of bringing her and kidnapping her, he kissed her in the tree instead. But he says he couldn't actually make the move to take her, because then she would stop looking at him with the trust in her eyes, and he couldn't bear that. Uh, he also then said, like, even though he shouldn't, he wanted to be her first everything. And he said, even though he knows that they had sex, he, and he hates that they had sex under a lie. Like, he hates that they had sex for the first time, and she didn't know who he was. Yeah. I... I sort of agree with that bit. Oh, 100%. Sorry. I, I kind of... I should have jumped in back before. But if he had taken her the night of the right, like, do you think victor would have died do you think like maybe it might have been better off maybe because then he she would have been blind for longer but still yeah yeah i don't i think it's possible he could still be alive for sure can you remind me the night of the right they went under the tree yeah did they go back afterwards and the body was there or was the body there before the body of the Duke? When the body of the Duke is on display that night, was that after or before? Do you remember? I think it was after. Yeah. Because everything, because, so. That that starts it they, off. Like, yeah, that's the catalyst. Yeah, they go in, they go out and make out. She goes back in. Victor dismisses Hawk, sees her, lectures her. She's like take me back to my room but then people start running out so then they go in to see what's going on yeah and it's him hanging up in the rafters and then all the dissenters attack but he killed him before this moment how did the timeline seems weird to me i'm like when was he gonna take her well but but was he just not gonna put him up on the wall maybe not Maybe maybe it never would have maybe the whole riot never would have happened if he had just taken her then instead of taking her to the tree. But then he wouldn't have gotten to taste her sweet innocence. (laughs) Wow. That was gross. (laughs) Don't like that. Uh, I know. Uh, Thanks. (laughs) Anyway, so 
He continues and says that he knows that he isn't worthy of her, like, gigantic eye roll. If you truly didn't think you were worthy, you would send her away. He isn't worthy of her gigantic eye roll. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Valid. Uh, (laughs) But apparently, like... He isn't worthy, but that hasn't stopped him from concocting this plan, a.k.a. this terrible plan that's not going to work, where he can have her and keep her and pretending that he can have everything from her, a.k.a. sex. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's a bit odd. Yeah. He also says, like, he's wanted this to be real so many times. And even when she leaves, he'll still want her. Which is nice, actually. Even though a few days ago you said that being next to her was abhorrent to you. I'm really glad that you want to keep her now. (laughs) I'm never going to get over that. I'm never going to get past that. No, as you shouldn't. As she shouldn't. As nobody should. (laughs) Like, are we the first people to, to, like, I don't actually think we're the first people to notice this, but, like, did nobody else care about this? Yeah, it's very odd. I just feel like nobody cares. No. After this conversation, she doesn't care either, so. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so she asks him, like, she doesn't say anything back. Like, this is, like, pretty much a love declaration here. Like, he wants her to stay, is what he's essentially saying. Like, Mm -hmm. marry me and don't leave me, is (laughs) what he's saying. Please don't leave me. And then her only response is, tell me about her, a.k.a. Shay. Yeah. Because, like, she still thinks that this is, like, a big love that she has to live up to. Yeah. And, like, obviously, why wouldn't she? Yeah. And up to this point, we all think that, too. Um, Yeah. Because he's got, like, this rolling sadness coming off of him whenever she sort of like mentioned or brought up or anything um but he tells her that they sort of that they grew up together and they were friends and gradually it became more and he thought that he loved her and he thought they would spend their lives together so those are two big red flags there thought he loved he thought wrong yeah Uh, apparently when he was captured, she came for him, like, countless times. Um, but obviously couldn't get him. And so, like, and her and Malik used to come together to try and kid, to try and get him back. Hmm. Um, so one day, I guess they finally found him, and they were using, like, these tunnels to lead him out. I don't know if he was held in the tunnels or if that's just like the escape route they were using from like the castle that mm-hmm. they were in. But two ascended show up and like guard the exit. And like obviously Castile was a mess and couldn't really fight. Um but it seemed to him like they were waiting there on purpose. So it turns out that they were. And it turns out that they knew that Malik was coming because he'd come before. Um, so obviously he's the true heir to the throne. He's older. He's stronger than Castile. So they preferred to have Malik as their 
what do you call it? Blood bank. Blood bank, sure. But also, I guess they'd had Castile for so long, they were like, he's getting washed up. Yeah. Old. Yeah. Um, so it turns out that Shay actually betrayed them and gave up Malik in exchange for her own life. But on the fight out, they weren't going to let any of them leave. So she, so like the Ascended attacked, one of them went after Malik. I don't understand how one of them was able to take Malik away. Like you would think that he's the true heir, he's stronger and older and whatever. You'd think he'd be a decent fighter. Yeah. But I guess not. So. Yeah. We don't really get a lot of detail on how it all went down. Like maybe it was just like complete tricks. Maybe. Uh, anyway, so so as so I guess Shay had given up Malik, but was still trying to leave with Castile and still wanted to escape with Castile. But then the Ascended was blocking her and wouldn't let her leave. So then she tries to give up Castile for her life. She tries to do another trade so that she could get out alive. But they're just like it's why why wouldn't they just have both of them? Why would you throw someone under the bus right next to you? Yeah, it's dumb. But now yeah. now it was actually like when her and Malik had gone into the tunnels, they went in separate like they went separate yes, directions. That way. And they cornered her and she was like, Hey, look who I've got with me. Like I've got this guy, so like let us in and then on the way out you can ambush him and take him. So Yeah. That, that one made some sense, but, like, this one, where they're both just there, it's like, why would they let you go? Yeah. But I guess she's not useful to them in any way, right? She's a Other woman. Than... She can't feed oh, them. Yeah. She can't, like... Yeah. She adds no value, so... Uh, so, Cass, like, lost it, and I don't understand how he got the strength to do this, but he did, and so, like, he managed to kill the Ascended... And then he killed Shay. So. Can we assume he has a weapon? I don't know. I don't think so. But, like, I just don't understand it. Because he was, there was two ascended. It was very clear. Two ascended. Yeah. So, he was starving and weak and in captivity for 50 years. And he managed to kill an ascended and a wolven. But yet, Malik couldn't handle one ascended at full strength. Maybe they did something. Maybe it was like a trap. Sprung. It's a trap! Cage. Maybe. Cage. Anyway, it's just like, it's sort of weird to me how he managed that. Yeah. So yeah, so Cass says like, Shay wasn't a bad person, but she obviously didn't love him because you, you wouldn't do that to somebody you loved. You wouldn't like sacrifice them to save yourself. I don't think that she's not not a bad person <laughs> yeah like i think she's i don't think she's a good person i mean like she gave up both the brothers yeah that's not a good that's a cowardy that like i sort of and agree with him her... like i wouldn't call her a terrible human but i would call that the work of a coward yeah but it's also like 
why would you maybe she didn't realize this about herself maybe until she got in that situation maybe she thought that she'd be stronger and like i don't know i don't know what i'd be like in that situation either obviously i probably never will be in a situation like that in my life because it's not a fantasy um (laughs) but yeah it's just kind of like they're the princes the royalty we're assuming that she's in love with one of them and she's the bonded woven of the other. So did that must have broken her woven bond if she fucked over yes. her elemental. Oh yeah. Like dude. you would think that he would have felt that right away if she made the deal for his capture. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I think that would have break, broken the bond. We're also not a hundred percent sure that she was his bonded woven. I'm just kind of assuming. Don't you think that's a bit weird for, like, your yes. brother to be, like, to, for, like, your bond, his bonded woven to be, like, the girl you're in love with and that's your brother and, like, that's, like, gonna be your wife? Like, don't you think it'd be weird for the princess to be the other prince's bonded woven and have to sacrifice herself? Yes. It makes me wonder... If we're like, are you allowed? Are you allowed to be in love with your woven, like your bonded woven? I don't think you're allowed to be in love with your own bonded woven. But you can obviously have a threesome with them. I mean, that's just biology, Catherine. <laughs> you're not going to fall in love with them. You're just having sex. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. There's a lot to this. Yes. There's a lot more than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> um. He also sort of, so like, after all that, he tells her what happened, tells Poppy what happened. And he says he didn't tell anyone what really happened except for Kieran. But he said he's okay thinking with everybody else thinking that she's a hero. So I guess all he said was that she died trying to rescue him, which is true. Yeah. He, he just didn't tell everybody that he's the one who killed her. Yeah, which is a... Is that ever going to come out somehow, do you think? Like, are the Ascended going to be like, hey, you killed this woven? I hope. Do you know? I, no. Uh, but, like, okay. I know something else. It's, it's seven books, so something has to happen. Yeah. Is she still alive? No. I don't want to know. No. Okay. Okay, if that's, if that's it, then. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so... <laughs> Actually, I can't say without cert- with certainty, no, she's definitely dead, because I, I haven't read, the- I mean, maybe yeah. in book six, who knows what'll yeah. happen. Well, yeah. Did you, did you already look up what happens in book five? No. I have okay. not. Yeah, and no, but I mean, like, I don't know. Who knows what'll happen in the future? Yeah. Uh... So, yeah, so, like, Poppy says, like, she understands why he never wants to talk about her. Because, like, obviously she's an abomination. (laughs) And he's disgusted by her. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So she's also, she says, like, she thinks it's weird that Gianna is Alistair's great niece and he suggested the marriage considering Shay is his daughter. Like, he's, like, pimping out his family. We talked about this last week. Um, And that's sort of another reason Castile says why he couldn't agree to the marriage with Gianna, because 
she looks like Shay. So <laughs> it is so weird. And like, I guess she's like decently young because he's like, I never thought about her like that. Mm. So so weird. Yeah. So they. She told him that like, he sort of asked her like, "Did you mean what you said at dinner when she said that like?" Cassia was the first thing she ever chose for herself and the first person to really see her and she said yes like I was telling the truth and she felt she fell for him as Hawk but she keeps falling for him as Castile oh oh you hate it I texted you while I was reading this and was like, I'm so glad you have this part. Uh, yeah. And she tells him that she's never felt this way about someone before. Obviously, she's been locked in her room for most of her life. Uh, and But she also says, like, it terrifies her because he could break her heart again. I love that she adds in the again. Well, yeah. She also stabbed him in the heart so she could break his, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but she also like adds that what they're doing is bigger than them. So like it's really complicated and precarious. And like fair point. Like they mm-hmm. sort of have two kingdoms futures on their shoulders. And it's like, should they really take this for themselves? I guess is the you know, is the takeaway. Yeah. Um but then he tells her that her heart is a gift he doesn't deserve. But it's one he'll protect with his dying breath and he's in awe of everything she does. In awe. Mm-hmm. Again. In awe. Again. Um, and he says that he, she is the first thing he thinks about in the morning and the last thing he thinks about before he goes to sleep. And he says he knows what that means but he wants her to read him and tell him what it means. This part was even more. So he wants her to read his emotions and tell her what the emo- tell him what the emotion is. So like she does feel it and she says it feels like berries and chocolate. Blech. I actually don't hate berries and chocolate together. I just I don't like that this is the this is what we've done for love. Yeah, but do you think that everyone's love is different? Kind of like that potion in Harry Potter mm. that smells differently for each It'd person. be nice. But I think she says that, like, she's felt the same thing from Victor before and from Ian and her parents. So, I don't think that. I, it seems like it's the same. Now, maybe it all feels like that to her because it's for her. And maybe love for other that other people have for other people feels different. I don't know. Um. Anyway, so she realized. So she also says that like this type from Castillo feels more decadent, indicating romantic love, not familial love. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so he tells her to trust in him, and that her heart is safe with him. And they agree not to pretend anymore. And he gets down on one knee and asks her to marry him properly today. And she says yes. So it's not a fake marriage anymore. It's a real marriage. (laughs) They really love each other. 
Although they haven't said it yet. No, but they're going to get married anyway. So, uh, after Poppy says yes, we immediately cut to uh, her getting ready for her wedding. Um, Vanetta, obviously, because she's the only other female character. Uh, <laughs> and their only conversations are about guys? Are we not passing the, <laughs> the build test? I actually, I can't remember. They must have talked about other things. Uh, they talked about her powers. Not here, but. But that was in a group of four of mm, them. Right. Does that right. count? I don't think so. Anyway. Hope. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Here we are. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> so, of course, she has to help her get ready. Brings her a dress because Poppy doesn't have one. Um, yeah. Well, she has nothing. Which she is has fair, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, I guess the Atlantean tradition is not to wear white, but to wear red. The color of blood. Imagine. I'm assuming it's so, you know, like, you can spill stuff as you're drinking from each other and it won't make a stain. <laughs> that's, that's the... <laughs> Amazing. I'm sure that's the reason. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Anyway, um... Both Vanetta and Poppy express sadness that Kieran will miss the wedding. I guess for them it's important that he's there, but he won't be because he's gone. He's been sent away. Yeah, because um, you don't want him to die. Yeah, exactly. Don't want him to die. Uh, so Poppy, of course, asks Vanetta about the joining because she's obsessed. Yeah. And that's kind of about boys. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> the reason she wants to know is because of boys. Yeah. So. Uh, sh- yeah. So she asks whether the Wolven would expect it as a race, like as a people. And Vanetta sort of says, like, it depends on who was involved. And that, like, it would give the impression of a stronger bond amongst the crown and the throne or whatever. But she also said it's never been done with someone who's half Atlantean. Like, ever, ever? Apparently not. So why, why did... Alistair bring it up? Yeah. Because he's a D-bag! I couldn't get the name Victor out of my head. And I was like, <laughs> Victor, Victor, Victor. I was like, nope, not right. Don't say it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... So, yeah, so it's never been done with someone half Atlantean before. So, you know, it's just sort of... It's a new, it's new territory, we'll say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Vanetta does her hair and, like, gives her, like, this is what I love and also hate. She just, like, randomly gives her this, like, tiered necklace of diamonds and <laughs> is like, oh yeah, no, it's a tradition for every Atlantean to wear diamonds on their wedding day. Does she keep them? I don't know. But, like, don't remember. like, yeah, sure, let's just throw some diamonds around. Me? Why not? Like, I want... a girl's best friend. (laughs) I hate it. But, like, I just love and hate at the same time how, like, diamonds are so commonplace for them. Yeah. And, like, Poppy even says, like, not in Solace. Like, in Solace, it's, like, diamonds represent wealth. Diamonds are for wealthy people. And Vanetta's just like, nah, have some diamonds. Like, throwing them everywhere. <laughs> They're for everyone. Yeah. You uh, get diamonds. You get diamonds. <laughs> We're over here. 
Uh, yeah. So, like, apparently they're a tradition that represents the tears of the gods. And if you wear them, it means the gods are with you on your wedding day. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they go outside then. The wedding has to be outside, and they're not allowed to wear shoes. I'm totally okay with this. And I love, I love that. I know, me too. I, I mean, I wore, like, the barest of shoe for my wedding. Yeah. And I'm sure if I ever get married, I'm gonna have, like, crazy heels, because that's yes. who I am. Yes. But... I do love the idea. Yep. <laughs> Maybe I'll take them off to be barefoot because I'll be towering over Jeff anyway. I'll take them off <laughs> to be barefoot during the ceremony. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Vanetta gives Poppy a ring for Castile. Um, apparently he went and had a blacksmith make them like real fast. Yeah. Uh, so she walks down the quote unquote aisle. Uh, and their wedding begins. I actually really like the wedding because it's short and sweet and, like, there's mm-hmm. no fluff whatsoever. Yeah. So they have no vows. But they so – this is the only thing I feel weird about. Not weird about, but I find it awkward. So they stand facing Jasper. And they have to hold the ring in their left hand and hold their other hand. So, like, so that that means that somebody is cross-body. Oh. Right? Yeah. So they both have their rings in their left hand. Yes. So they're, they're, they're handshaking. They're not holding hands. They're handshaking. Right. I just find that a little bit awkward. Yeah, that is a bit awkward. I don't think she pictured that in her head. Maybe not. Anyway, it's just weird. Yeah. So, when they hold their right hands together yeah they must be like a handshake sort of scenario they feel a zap and i don't know why but they do <laughs> like it's, yep. it's the magic of the marriage um yeah. then they kneel still holding hands and then they have to put the rings overlapping uh like a little bit like so that they you know they're overlapping uh in the soil the olympic rings like the olympic rings yes uh and they have to like put it in soil and then both poppy and castile have to sprinkle a little soil on top like salt bay yeah i i actually really like the like Mm. the idea of like the earth and like all of that stuff Mm -hmm. i like that a lot Mm -hmm. me too then jasper cuts their left hands And they join those hands together and then let their blood combine and drip down onto the wing, onto the rings. Um, anyway, so then, uh, they, the dirt and the blood, like, seeps into the rings. And then they pick them up and they, the magically, their hands are healed, like, where they were cut. And now there's, like, a swirl of gold on the palm, which I actually think is really cool. Yeah, I love that. Me too. And um, they put the rings on each other's pointer fingers. Not a ring finger, people. It's a pointer. Yes. Uh, Finger guns. Finger guns, yeah. So uh, Jasper declares them husband and wife, and at that declaration, the day turns to night. 
Spooky. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so it's an a power. Apparently, it's a powerful omen, and it's one that says that Nyctos, king of the gods, approves of their union. We're getting a lot of omens here. We are getting a lot of omens. Uh, after the wedding, they go back to their room. Woo! So, like, <laughs> they have, like, a day before they are attacked. Yes. So, <laughs> they gotta make the most of it. Which, like, you'd think you'd be sleeping and getting ready for attack. So... Uh, so, like, instead of, like, instead of anything, like, like you said, they should be resting, preparing for the battle. They're not doing that. They're also not getting jiggy with it. Uh, Poppy asks Castile what heartmates are. Because that's important right now. Mm-hmm. And he tells her that it's a legend. And now we get into the legend. Um, so apparently one of the ancient deities fell in love with a mortal and begged the gods to give this mortal a long life, but they said no, even though this deity was like one of the gods' favorites. Um, so eventually, years passed, she grew old and died, and he obviously stayed the same. And he was so heartbroken, he refused to eat or drink, even though the gods like pleaded with him to do it. But he said he couldn't because a piece of his soul had left him. And eventually, obviously, he died. He turned to dust. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the gods realized that they made a mistake. And the next time an ancient deity came asking for the same thing, they agreed. But both the deity and the human would have to undergo trials. And if they succeeded, the deity had to promise to be the source of her lover's life he would have to live on her blood to stay alive and that created the first atlantean so did i read this book (laughs) (laughs) so like not only is this Sorry. Yeah. So. I feel like I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So this is. I, I thought we already got. I I guess we got the where woven came from. Yes. We didn't get exactly how Atlanteans were made. Right. Or so, the myth of it. Yeah. So this is sort okay. of like a combo myth, though, because not only is it a heartmates myth, it's also the Atlantean creation story. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so, and when I say Atlantean, I obviously mean elemental Atlantean. We already know that Wolven and I guess other shapeshifters, uh, came to be through other means. Like, this is just like a very complex world that has been created. That's that's what I'll say about it. Yeah. I'll just sit here confused and cry. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, so yeah, so this guy was the first elemental Atlantean that was created. And they say that it's through these trials that other lines of Atlanteans were were made. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I wonder what kind of trials it is. Like, are they like physical trials? Like, so if mm-hmm. I found my heartmate, would I like be sunk because I'm I can't run? Like, or are they make a choice? Would you rather like? Are they more like like that? Sh- remember that book, Divergent, with the scenarios in her head, and she had to like yes. figure out. She had to do like one. Is it more like that to figure out if you really love your the other person? Like, I wonder. Or is it like a combo? Mm. Or is it like Feyre challenges mm. trials? I would. Like, what is it? I would not excel at any of those. So. <laughs> but it was only the first ones that had to do the trials, right? Are we getting a book where they're going to have to do the trials? I don't know. Maybe. Mm, but I feel like why would they bring all this up and why would this exist if Poppy and Castile didn't eventually have to do it? Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I honestly don't are gonna, know. Are they going to create a new race of Atlanteans and is that going to be like, that's what the Ascended wanted all along? Like, is that? I don't know. I'll be honest, though. So I'm in a few different Facebook reader, like, reading groups. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. have not heard great things about the newest book release. Uh-huh. I've heard a lot of people struggled with it. Yeah. Which, I mean. Because of, like, too much to know? or I or don't know. know. I don't know. I just, I, I sort of, I was like, okay, move on. And, like, it's yeah. sort of, no, they didn't. Well, you don't want any spoilers. No. Although, do you? Well, I mean, I don't care about a spoiler here and there, but like at the same time, I think as a as a group, like we sort of, you know, you sort of if you're in a group like that, you're not going to come out and be like all the spoilers. You know what I mean? So, yeah, people were just saying how like they just didn't really like it. Yeah. And just found it a struggle to get through. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Now, I mean, I haven't read it, so. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, anyway, so um, apparently, too, it said, people say, that King Malik and Isbeth, the one that he turned into an Ascended, uh, were actually heartmates. But the gods were asleep by the time he had met her, so they didn't hear him ask for the trials. Mm-hmm. Which sucks for him, but also he was married. Yeah, like, that's the thing about other books that have mates. I'm like, what happens if you're married and then you meet your mate? Yeah. Like, why would anybody marry somebody that's not their mate? Because they're rare. But, <laughs> I don't know, I, like, yeah. yeah. Well, I, then? I guess, like, I, I feel like it's sort of, okay, well, if you're the mate, then... As sucky as it is, your marriage could dissolve if you wanted it to, right? Yeah. Like, and like, d- divorce is an option. Like, you don't have to be a cheating bastard. Like, yeah. obviously, divorce is a thing in yeah, this world. That's what that's I don't understand. Plan. Why didn't he just divorce the queen? Power, I guess. Mm, maybe. Which is shitty. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so after the story, Poppy tries to get Castile to rest. He's like, she's like, you know. You should probably rest because the you know army's coming, battle is coming. Um, but Castile says that there's another tradition they have to do first for the marriage, and he says it's the act of sharing blood. 
Um, apparently, it's an act of trust and a pledge to share everything, including their own bodies. Uh, she's like, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> and he's, like, already super turned on, and he just, like, takes her dress off. And they, like, make a crack about, like, Vanetta getting super upset if he were if anything were to happen to that dress. Because, you know, women don't care about anything other than their clothes. And boys. And boys, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, he starts to, like, I don't know, speak, I, I, like, talk dirty, I guess. I don't know, but he's, like. <laughs> talk dirty to me. <laughs> I love that song, though, to be fair. He's <laughs> such a bop. Uh, anyway, so he starts, like, I don't know, like, tracing lines on her body, and he tells her they're, like are other places for him to take blood from if he wanted to like oh my god i i detest this part i don't know why i hate it so much but i'm like just just stop stop giving us these things and then never making them happen like stop saying this shit and then it not happening like if you're gonna gonna drink blood from her clit drink blood from her clit don't just say it yeah well it's true because so like he says that he could take it from her breasts and like runs a lot his finger like across it and then he's like or i could go here at her inner thigh and then he says i could even take it from here and like touches her clit um but he says he's then he does it i know because i was all like yes go for the clit i know but But i'm like this is a thing she keeps doing this and the threesome i'm like stop baiting us with things yeah. that don't happen and maybe it will happen in a future book and maybe the threesome will too but like i don't want to wait till a future book i want to fucking now <laughs> i want her to i want him to drink blood from her clit right now yes <laughs> also, do you remember when i wanted to get the <laughs> vampire tattoo in my inner thigh yes still not against it but... i still think you should yeah yeah uh anyway I think it's great so he says, though, he's feeling archaic today, I guess, because, you know, he wants to get all possessive. And the neck is really the it's an intimate place. And it's the place where everybody will see it. Like no one's going to see if he bites her clit. <laughs> Unless she goes around like clit out. <laughs> oh, true. Uh, true. Anyway, so he wants to go neck today. So he undresses himself and says that she has no idea how long he's been waiting for this. And what he's referring to is having sex with her and biting her all at once. They haven't been able to do the combo. Uh, And then he literally just puts his peen in her vagine. Like, no preamble, no foreplay, just like one full sweep. One and done. Yeah. And like, so yeah, and then he just bites her. Like, he goes for it. Like, what if she wasn't ready? What if she was dry? She's never dry. That's true. I did. That is something that really bothers me. How, like, men, how in books, the male, male characters always, like, they go, they head down there and they feel that she's wet and ready. Like, hmm. what if she's, like, why can the woman never be dry? And not ready. Yeah. Why can't he no have to work for it for a little bit? 
Yeah. Get her ready. Anyway. <sighs> so he bites her, drinks a little bit, and then he grabs a dagger while still inside of her. He, like, reaches over, grabs a dagger, slices his chest, and she drinks from him. Why can't she, like, have a mark on him? Well, I guess she has, she doesn't have the teeth. Yeah, no, no, I know, but, like, his chest is invisible. I'm like, put it on his neck. Because she, Slice his neck open. She, <laughs> just cut the carotid! <laughs> but I guess she sews them all. She can't reach his neck. He's so much bigger than her. He's so much taller. Oh, dear lord. <laughs> anyway. It's true. You are correct. So, Good job. So yeah, so she drinks from him, and then they just like they just fuck like crazy, and like she comes a whole bunch because you know, women often come from penetrative sex multiple times. To be fair, I guess the blood drinking is a thing. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll give it that. Yeah, because I do enjoy when that is <laughs> super sexual. Yeah. Uh, so obviously they fall asleep. And they wake up to a single, a single, a signal, <laughs> God, that the Ascended have arrived. Roll out the red the carpet. The Ascended are coming, the Ascended are coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they go out onto the rise, which is like that big wall that, that keeps the town safe. And they get the news that actually the smaller group has arrived first. The one with only about, like, 200 in it. Um, but they're waiting for the bigger group to catch up. Which I, I don't get. But it's fine. Uh, yes. They get their, like, sort of their final fighting numbers. And they're at 126. So, I don't know, is it 200 and 800 making 1,000, or is it 200 and 600 making 800? Is is the small group only 200, like, yes. three numbers? Yeah, so the, the small group okay. is 200, and I can't remember if they said the larger group is 800, I think, which makes 1,000. That 1,000, make yeah. So. 10 to 1. Yeah. Anyway. Castile, like, asks Poppy to please stay up on the rise with the archers. And if anything happens to him, to run and hide in the caves that that they, you know, with, that the hot tub thing is in. And that mm-hmm. Kieran will know how to find her. Which is nice. I'm glad that he, he trusts Kieran so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but Poppy says she can't promise that. And she says that she can't hide when someone she cares about is hurt, which is fair. Yeah. And I don't think it was, I don't think it's fair for him to ask her to run away. No. Like, if he's, if he is risking his life, she should be allowed to do the same. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Agreed. Uh, so, then, like, the full army approaches, and she sees there's a mix of mortal soldiers and knights which is like good and bad like obviously the knights are the ones they want to they have to worry about but the regular mortal soldiers is like woo thank god um (laughs) 
But the problem is they have catapults, which is iffy. So they kind of want to break their rise. Um, so there's a royal carriage there and uh, the royal ascended gets out. And it's Duchess Tierman, the one from Blood and Ash that like was her guardian for a while. Um, so she calls out to Castile and they chat. Uh, she says that most of her army has hung back as a show of good faith. So give back the maiden and they'll leave. <laughs> hmm. Yes, sure. Um, and then she calls out for Poppy and she's like, oh, your brother is worried about you and the queen wants you back. And like, she's like, Poppy, Poppy, where are you? I know you're there. And Poppy finally steps forward and tells her that, like, she belongs to herself. So, like, because she said, oh, the queen wants you back. And she's like, well, the queen can't have me because I am a person. I'm not an object. And she also says, like, I know who you are. I know what you do. And I know what you want me for. Um, but Duchess Tierman's like, no, you belong to the queen. Just like your mother belonged to the queen. And... She also drops a bomb here that, surprise, her mother was actually the queen's daughter, and Poppy is the queen's granddaughter. Which is interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. And they obviously don't believe her because the Ascended don't have children. Like, they can't have children. And Poppy's response, but, sorry, Duchess Tierman's response was, like, who said the queen was Ascended? that that was actually a lie put in place to protect her so i don't know interesting do you do you also the fact that she's telling this to all the soldiers around her too and they're just like fine with it do you think this is what do you think do you think this is true or not true i assume it's true i don't know why she'd lie i guess like i i just feel like she i think that duchess tierman thinks it's true if it's not true then I'm assuming it's an issue there. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Poppy, like, sort of freaks out when she hears this because, like, so the queen was like, this, the whole thing about the queen being ascended. Sorry, Duchess Tierman. No, what was I saying? So, the whole fact that the queen being ascended was a lie to protect Poppy this makes Poppy freak out when the Duchess says this because she was like, I wasn't protected when the Duke beat me and touched me. And mm-hmm. I wasn't protected when Lord, Lord Cheney bit me and almost killed me. So like, she was like, this whole protect me crap is, is what it is. It's bullshit. And like, I have to agree with her on this. Like if this is true, And they made this lie to protect her. Like, if the queen really is her grandmother, wouldn't she be real pissed off to find out that the duke has been, like, beating her with a cane for years? Yeah, but I think, like, in the first book we were talking about it, and, like, I think the queen would be pissed off anyway. I guess nobody, nobody was high enough to stop him, but... Like, Poppy, the one scene where she's actually being beaten during the scene that we Mm. read, she even thinks to herself that, like, when the queen finds out about this, she's going to lose her shit. 
But like, so like, so then why couldn't Poppy write a letter to the queen? Or like, all her mail, all her mail was being checked. Was it? She, she kind of went through that. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. During that scene that she was being beaten, she was like, I gotta wait till I see her and then I'm gonna tell her. Oh, I guess. Okay. She's gonna have him killed, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So, moving on. So, Duchess Tierman sort of realizes that, like, there's nothing that Pop- she can say to Poppy to change her mind right now. So, she gets cruel now and says she has a gift. And this is a very ascended thing to do. So, the catapults fly. And the gifts are actually human heads. And they are the heads of everybody that was at New Haven. So, I guess they intercepted the groups as they were leaving, killed them all, beheaded them, and sent their heads into Spez's End, which is really bad. I actually watched a YouTube video, and it was like, um... (laughs) Weird segue, continue. (laughs) Uh, no, no, no. So, like, yeah, you know those, um, those, like, experts react to movies and TV, right? Hmm. So I was watching one of those and it was like, um, you know, medieval battle expert, medieval war expert reacts to like medieval battle scenes. And this is actually something that was very popular to do. Like this was real. Like they really, people yeah. really did this in, in, mm-hmm. in the middle ages in during wars. Like you did send heads back to your enemies. Yeah. Which is wild to me. It also seems like, I don't know, I guess, I'm like, the Duchess is there trying to be a nice person. Obviously not. But, you know, like, she's she's acting all nice and shit, and then she's like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it just is like, why would you, why would you do that right well, now? Well, but this is the thing, too. So, like, she's like, oh, your grandmother wants you back. Your grandmother's, like she wants to protect you but then i'm going to incite a battle in which you're going to participate Mm -hmm. like that doesn't seem very it doesn't seem like it makes sense no i agree um anyway so castile obviously flips out at seeing like the heads of his friends uh and he literally jumps off the rise into like onto the battlefield And a knight then asks if he's all alone to fight, and he says no. And at that word, no, all of the guardians appear and drop off the rise, too. And then they're all standing there. Um, They do, like, this thing with their swords that, like, create a spark on them, and I think the swords catch fire or something. I don't know. They're badass. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Castile starts, like, fighting immediately, and he's immediately trying to get to the carriage with the Duchess. And Poppy sees, like, obviously he's gonna go try and kill her in retribution for, like, all the people at New Haven, like, Elijah and, like, uh, Magda and, like, all these people. And, like, the children (laughs) are all gone. Um, so Poppy's job originally is to be an archer. Like, she's a really good shot. So that's where she's supposed to be. And so she, her job is to sort of, like, 
use her magic to find the knights. Like, she looks for, like, how they have this, like, black feeling and finds mm. them, and she's supposed to take them down. Um, so the army then sends arrows back up at the archers, and eventually, obviously, there's more of the ascended army than there is of them so they do eventually make it to the door of the rise and poppy just knows that they're gonna get in like the you know the door is not strong enough to hold forever so she tells quentin to cover her and she goes down to the door and by this point they have broken through and they're like attacking like you know there are people inside that can't fight um, and she just goes nuts and attacks everyone. But then she leaves through the door and goes out into the battlefield, which I don't understand. Like, surely it would make more sense to guard the door and protect the civilians inside that can't fight. Because, like, that's yeah. what she's thinking about and worrying about. It's like, oh, they're going to attack these people that can't defend themselves. I'm going to go down there. And she goes down there, but then she leaves them all to be attacked. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so she sees somebody on their side injured, and she wants to heal them. But she's like, oh, but that would leave me vulnerable to attack. So it's not the time. And I just keep thinking, how is this, like, if she's going to get attacked... How is that protecting her? Like, if the queen wants her back, attacking her and killing her is not really the right move. No. Definitely not. Um, but she notices that the soldiers are all, like, avoiding her. So they obviously have orders not to hurt her. So she just, like, straight up kills a bunch because they can't hurt her, but she can hurt them. So, I mean, I guess that's something. Um, yeah. So, Vanetta is overhurt and is about to be attacked, so Poppy, like, throws her dagger at the soldier's head, and then, and, like, kills him. And then Vanetta turns around and flies at a soldier sneaking up on Poppy and tears his throat out. So, like, girl power, they got each other's back, I love it. Uh, and she sees Castile fighting along with Delano and Jasper, and she runs for Castile. Again, I don't know why. Like, she's worried for him. I guess, but, like, he's got his own shit going on. He doesn't yeah. have, he doesn't want to worry about her. So, like, her being right next to him fighting just seems counterproductive. Hmm. Um, anyway, so she kills a soldier that was going for him, and they have a cute moment where he tells her he's turned on by her aggressive bloodlust. And we all know that. He always is. Yeah, he always is. And then they sort of have a little, like, I feel like it's like a little Lord of the Rings competition, like, see who can kill more people, like, again. And they're like, who can get to the Duchess first? And it's like, I'm going for the Duchess. Not if I get there first. Um, anyway, so all of a sudden she notices, like, down the road away from the battle, arrows are firing into the battlefield, and Castile grabs her and pulls, 
them both under the catapult to protect them. And then the fire shows up somehow, and then apparently a quote-unquote, the world descends into chaos. And it's just, I don't know. I'm not going to lie, the battle was a little confusing for me. Like, it just seemed like a lot of things were happening for no reason. I don't know. Yeah. So they're clearly overwhelmed by the soldiers, and they're swarming the roads, and they're getting to the rise. Like we said, it's it's 10 to 1, yeah. so it's not surprising that they're being overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, Poppy kind of starts thinking, like, it's too late. Like, the big, the big meaning of it, yeah. like... They're going to die here. Um, and she just kind of thinks about how, like, she doesn't have more time to get to know Castile and, like, the things he likes. And that they, like, he doesn't get to get to know her any better. And, like, she's really upset by that, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, that, like, oh, if only we had, like, if only we had accepted each other sooner. Like yes, of that. course. If we didn't have a commu- miscommunication <laughs> trope, we would have been happy. Except for it's not even a miscommunication trope. It's a Castile is an idiot trope. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> um, it's like that's all. That's all we got. Yeah. But. Poppy says she can stop this if she turns herself over. But obviously Castile isn't going to let her. He says, like, he can't breathe when he thinks of what they would do to her. Because, like, he's gone through it, so he knows what would happen to her. Um, Allegedly, because I still think there's more that we don't know. But regardless. Um, So he says he's getting her out of here. And he basically just says, like, everyone else will be fine. I'm not worried about, like... All the children and women who aren't fighting, and, like, older men, probably. Like, I'm not worried about any of them. They'll figure it out themselves, and we're just gonna leave. <laughs> Yay. They're like, whoa, this is, you're, you're a prince. You're gonna be a king soon, potentially. Like, this is not, not a good move. No. And especially, so, like, he's going with her to get her out of there, like. Exactly. I'm like, you should have just sent her away originally. Like, why are you... This is not good. Yeah. It's not good. Um, So they basically get out from under. um, And um, they're immediately surrounded. And they obviously start fighting. And Poppy can't really control her powers. So she starts to feel everyone around her and like gets overwhelmed with it because everybody is just afraid and she can't shut it down. And like, even as she's killing people, she can feel their fear, which is just awful. Like these people have been conscripted into an army. It's not their choice to fight this battle. They're all afraid as they're being mowed down. It's, very bad, I'll say. Yeah. Well, it's it goes to show you, it's one of those things, like, you can't, like, just because you're a part of something doesn't mean you have those beliefs. Beliefs. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't paint, you know, it's the same, it's, it's, you know, what we do for, you know, when people are a part of, like, religion or when people, like, work for a company, like, the whole thing that we've talked about before with like jk rowling like yes Mm -hmm. absolutely you know her beliefs are wrong 
And, like, her coming out and saying things that are, like, anti a certain people, that's not okay. But, like, people are boycotting, like, the games and boycotting, like, the movies. Again, it's fine. But, like, you're automatically then hurting all the other people that maybe don't have those beliefs. You're Mm -hmm. automatically, like, hurting them, too. And, like, is that okay? Like, I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I'm saying, like, just because one person, and in this book's case, just because the queen and her elite have created the society... It doesn't automatically mean that everybody in that country have the same belief system or would have the same belief system if they knew better. And that's what Poppy has been fighting for this whole time, right? Like, everyone's like, oh, the people of Solace suck. And she's like, the people of Solace just don't know any better. Yeah, exactly. And, like, it's the same, I guess, as, like, wars when people are forced to fight. Yeah, yeah. Just because you're forced, like, because I'm sure, I'm sure the armies in this world are, like, if you're able-bodied and you're of this age, you are in this army. Like, you don't get a choice. Yeah. I'm sure that, like, it seems like that's kind of world that this, that Solus would be. Um, whereas the Atlanteans, it seems like they have more specialized lineages that are part of their armies. Yeah. I don't know if they could then decide that they don't want to. If they don't believe in, but like at this point, the Atlanteans, it's not as much of an issue because they're just fighting to live. They're not fighting for, because they're being attacked. They're not like, they're not fighting for a reason. Like they're obviously fighting for a reason, but the reason is to live past this attack. It's not like, you know what I mean? Yes. Anyway, it's, it's just, yeah, it is, it's overwhelming for her, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But Something starts happening inside of her and she says that something's waking up and expanding and filling her veins. Don't know if we really get more into this, but but what that really means. I guess it is what happens next, but they kind of seemed like they didn't connect to me. But anyway, um, they're still surrounded and obviously the emotions are overwhelming Poppy and she yells for everyone to stop. And she says that she'll slit her throat if they don't. And if she does end up killing herself, Castile or the Duchess or the Queen will literally kill any of them around her. Because she she knows they're afraid, Mm -hmm. so she's kind of using it against them in a way, which is smart. Castile's obviously pissed at her, but the soldiers do start backing up from them. I don't think you'd be able to slit your own throat. I just don't... I don't know. No, I think, like, I don't... you would have to be very sure of yourself because, like, there would have to be no hesitation. Well, and you'd have to go deep enough. Like, if you, yeah, I just, I don't know if that's possible. Anyway, um, dozens and dozens of wolven show up then. It's, like, perfect timing, way to go. And they, like, plow over soldiers and, like, they all of the wolven lock eyes with Poppy. Which is interesting, how did that it's happen? It's something, all right. <laughs> uh, then they start to hear, well, Poppy starts to hear what she thinks is thunder or like boulders falling from the sky, but it's really just like the Atlantean army on their horses and they start swarming in around the Solus army. 
and Poppy just like knows that like nobody is going to be left alive of the Solus army. But like enough Atlanteans and Wolven have come that they're they now have the upper hand. Right. Yay. Um. Yeah. Kieran and Wolven form comes up to her and uh, Castile and nudges her hand open to see her ring and to see the little symbol on her hand. Mm. And he's like, to confirm, I guess, that they're married, which is, I find it kind of sweet. Yeah, it's like one of those things, like, you know, that a dog, like, it just reminds me of something like a dog would do. Yeah. Um, But Castile tells him that he missed a lot, which, yeah. Um... Poppy, in the distance, I guess, can see the crimson carriage, and it's still standing, and she wonders if the Duchess is still just inside. So she starts to run to it, and Castile yells at her to stop. But she can't think straight, so she just, like, she's just, like, has to get the Duchess. She's on an adrenaline rush, I think. Sure. Here's my thing. So much happens in this next section, and Castile shows up, Super late to the party. Mm. He's an Atlantean. He's fucking fast. How did he show up so late? He should have been able to overtake her. Yeah. But. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. So she does get to the carriage and she just opens the door and the Duchess is kind of surprised, but then she just like punches the Duchess in the face. I love it. <laughs> um, she asks where her brother is and the Duchess tells her to come with her and she'll show her. And then Poppy asks where Castile's brother is, and the Duchess replies, with yours. Um, How convenient to have them in the same place. (laughs) Yes, she can get them both for the price of one. Um, (laughs) Poppy asks then if, like, if Prince Malik is still alive, and the Duchess asks her how else Tawny would have ascended if he wasn't. Which is kind of like a stab in the gut to her because, like, she obviously doesn't want her best friend to be unascended. Um, but, like, she she kind of thinks there's no reason for the Duchess to lie about this. Like, why would why would she say it if it wasn't true? Yeah. Um, which I guess is fair, but I, I we could take this as confirmation that the prince is alive in that case. But I, I'm still unsure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the Duchess then sees the mark on her hand and realizes that she's married to the Prince of Atlantia. And she's actually super excited about it (laughs) in her own way. Um, but she kind of just says like, none of this would have been necessary if she'd known that Poppy was married to Prince Castile. And like, Poppy has done what the Queen could never do. And she says that Poppy is born of flesh and fire, hmm. which is interesting. Well, I mean, it's, it's the name of the it book. It is the name of the book. Uh, and that she will seize Atlantia out from under them, from under the queen. Um, well, from under her, she says. So, like, there's some bad blood there. Um, and the queen is going to be so proud of Poppy. And... Poppy just tells her to shut up and stabs her in the heart with her bloodstone dagger. Nice. So, of course, she, like, turns to dust like she does. Um, and that's when Castile shows up. So, so much happened here. Also, I, I don't understand why they keep killing people when they could get more information. I guess so that the books can continue going. 
but I guess like these are one of the things I guess you're so hyped up on your bloodlust that you don't think about those sorts of things. I guess so, but I'm like, why? I don't know. I I just I just want to know what's happening, and I feel like these people can tell us, but we keep fucking killing them. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so Castile shows up behind her and says, "You beat me to her." Which is impossible because he's Atlantean and fast. Maybe people stopped him on the way and he had to kill some Maybe. people. Maybe. I'll buy that. Okay. <laughs> um, he then asks Poppy if the Duchess said anything to her and Poppy just says no. And he asks if she's okay and she says she is. And she asks if he is and she opens her senses and his emotions are all over the place, which obviously isn't surprising. They're in the middle of a battle. But he tells someone outside of the carriage to make sure that nobody comes near it. And then he gets inside with her. Um, <laughs> I just like later on, they talk about how some of the Atlanteans and Wolven that came to help got injured. And I'm like, if these people had have helped during this section instead of, as we'll see, fucked in a carriage, would, would some people maybe still be alive? <laughs> like... And, like, there's people outside guarding. Like, this is soldiers that should have been helping so that I think someone would be pissed about this. Anyway. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Like, the approach, like, I, at the time when I was reading it, I was like, ha. But, like, it's it's not super appropriate. No. Also, like, they're loud. And, like, there's people around. And the guards. It's just... She she used to, I get, like, it's probably also symbolic. Like, she used to be the maiden, and now she's very far away from being the maiden. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. But it's also like, yeah, okay. Um. Anyway, he does tell her that he's furious with her for threatening her life, but he's also in awe because he knows she would have done it Friggin and killed herself. in awe again. Of course. <laughs> And he's, like, super turned on, of course. Because that's his go-to emotion. Yeah. Because it's an emotion now. Um, so they, like, they crash together and start making out furiously. Mm. And, uh, like, obviously, they're both kind of thinking that they thought that they were going to die. So, like, I, I do get it. Um... But he, like, it's a, it's also a weird way to have sex when you're thinking someone's going to, like, when you're like, I'm so glad that you're alive. Because he's, like, puts her on her knees and then <laughs> fucks her from behind. And you're like, I don't know. You'd think there'd be some face-on-face yeah, action when he, you're like, I'm so glad we're alive. Yeah, you want it to be a little bit more, like, intimate and romantic. And, like, I love yeah, you. I'm glad I get you're that alive. There's, yeah. Put your knees in the ashes of your dead duchess and then (laughs) (laughs) um i get that there's probably not a lot of room for different positions it's It's like it's the one that works (laughs) anyway um so yeah and he bites her throat at like the exact moment that he thrusts inside of her and the pain and pleasure like stream together but then obviously it turns to pleasure and pleasure um, he does reach around to um, play with her clit, so we will give him yeah. that. 
but then they do, of course, come together. Um, and the intensity of them together, of him abandoning his people for her, and her about to slit her own throat for him, is overwhelming. And... <laughs> To me, it kind of felt like she says it out of nowhere, but she says that he has her. He, she says something like, you already have me. And I'm like, he didn't say anything. I don't understand where this is coming from, but cool. <laughs> I guess it's like, they haven't said I love you yet, have they? No. So I guess it's like, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, and then we jump right into the fact that 20 dissenters died. 50 Atlanteans <laughs> that came with the large group died and a dozen of the wolven were injured and there's like obviously many other injured people and they're all in cots in the training field so that's kind of when i was like this seems like it was a poor timing especially if like the next chapter you're gonna be like they finished having sex and then 50 of the people that came to save their lives died i'm like they could have at least helped so um they basically only left one soulless soldier alive. It's a young boy who they basically give a warning uh, to, to tell, I guess, anybody and everybody from yeah. Solus. Because um, I'm guessing Solus is going to miss a thousand people that just like up and are gone. Yeah. Um, it's just, it reminds me, it reminds me of that Mulan, like in the cartoon when... Hmm. Um, the the like the hun are found and the two soldiers are like the emperor will stop you and then like the bad guy's like oh he invited me when he built the wall and like go send a message that we're ready or whatever and then at the end they both the two soldiers run away and then the bad guy goes how many men does it take to deliver a message? Oh, and yes, then this yes, yes. bow and arrow guy like pulls his bow and arrow and he's like, one! And then he releases <laughs> it, insinuating that one of the guys dies. For some reason, this is where this is where my brain goes at this, at this part. I get that. <laughs> I, at first, I had no idea what you were talking about. I was like, I, I haven't watched Mulan in like a hot <laughs> second, I guess. Uh, but I do remember that one line, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically his message is um, a warning that Atlantia has reclaimed Spessa's end and the prince and princess of Atlantia are willing to meet with the king and queen to discuss the future and the possibility of like not needing to have a war. Yeah. Um, so Poppy has basically been healing anybody that she can, obviously, because she, she has healing powers. Why wouldn't she? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, well, you know, anyone who will let her, because people yeah. are afraid of her and hate her, of course. Yeah. You know, for no <laughs> like valid reason. I don't want her to heal me. I'd rather be in pain. It's like, Whoa. but you just saw her heal somebody else and they're fine. Why wouldn't you? I'd be like, yes, please. Me first. I know. Yes! <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> and she, she like, stops to talk to an older wolven. I guess she is healing him at the time. And he's, like, surprised that she fought side by side with the prince and that she's still now helping out healing. Um, and he tells her that he, he remembers empaths, but he doesn't remember 
them glowing. So I guess as she heals, she glows. So he's kind of like, you, I, I, I don't think you're an empath because you don't have the characteristics that I know empaths have from his longed life knowledge. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting because... If she's not an empath, what is she? Exactly. And should we all still hate her? Who knows? Yeah. Um, but he I also tells like... her... I, sorry. sorry, I just I feel like people are just going to hate her just because. Well, they, they have to. Like, yeah, I just feel they like have no matter to hate what, her yeah, because she always needs to be in peril for plot purposes. For plot, yeah, exactly. Um, he also tells her that she shouldn't be here alone, and he says the king made plans when Castile left, and she kind of like thinks that the plans are to kill her to send a message and he kind of confirms that and like yeah, he yeah. says Castile is only a prince and like he may have chosen her but the people didn't choose her which I think has already come up but also like do they expect to be able to choose? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like in any monarchy the people do not have a say in who the crown marries. That's true. I don't understand why, like, he's so, oh, the people didn't choose you. It's like, and, like, it's come up before, ever... too. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, you know. it's, yeah. I guess it's also, like, the king and queen didn't choose her either. But, like, I don't know. <sighs> it's, it's, it's odd. Um... But his, his whole point is, like, the king's plan was to kill her. So he's kind of worried that even though she's with the prince, he's only a prince. He's not the king. So someone might decide to kill her. Yeah. Which is fair. You in danger, Cons- girl. Considering uh, what happens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she kind of assures him that, like, she's fine. She can take care of herself kind of thing, which, like, she has. So cool. Um, she does spiral a bit because she knows that, like, Castile has to realize that all of this is true. Like, the king is clearly in charge. It's not just what Castile wants. Like, maybe they shouldn't have gotten married before meeting the king and queen. Like, imagine. Considering, like, five minutes ago, you were like, no, let's get married without telling the king and queen. Yeah. And now she's backtracking. It's like, she's the (laughs) queen of second-guessing herself. Yes. Um, later on, when she actually has some time to herself, she's thinking of her family and, like, of the good times and trying not to think about what the Duchess said and also trying not to think about, like, what might have happened to Tawny. And Castile shows up. Um, and he thanks her for healing so many. And she says, like, some of them obviously wouldn't let her. And she also tells him she's sorry about all the people who died in New Haven, like, Specifically Elijah, because like they were they were close. Yeah. We saw earlier in the book, and they obviously didn't deserve it. Um, and she knows that like he feels guilty for leaving them, and that he didn't do more. So it's it's shitty that they all died. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. Um, Castile then tells her that when the Wolven showed up. They all heard her calling them and, like, calling for help. 
And she doesn't know, like, how she did that. Um, And she says it it kind of felt like she was actually losing control in that moment. So she's not sure why they heard that. But then she remembers when they were in New Haven, um, Delano, is that how we say his name? I've been calling it Delano, almost like a Milano cookie. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Delano, whatever it is, um, was guarding her door and at one point, he came inside thinking that she was screaming um, for help, but she wasn't. She was kind of just, like, yelling in her head, like, I'm getting out of here. Fuck this. Yeah. Um, and then he was just like, it must have been the wind. And, like, they both just forgot about it. <laughs> Which um, is another thing that actually kind of bothers me. It's like, whenever anything weird happens, they just chalk it up. Oh, well, I don't know what this is about. I'll just forget about it. Like, right. no, if weird things happen, you should probably bring up the weird things. Let yeah. somebody know. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> um, they kind of, like, talk it through, and I think he says that's not something that empaths could do. But he thinks maybe it's her, like, projecting her emotions. <sighs> no. Like, what? <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, uh, so they talk a bit more and they kind of bring up her being the queen's granddaughter, but they also just like dismiss it completely. Yeah. Because if an ascendant says it, it has to be a lie. Yeah. Which I'm like, it's probably not a lie. If they're dismissing it so much, it's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're also going to leave for Atlantia tomorrow. And Poppy brings up the king's plans, um, but Castile is adamant that they'll change his mind, basically. Like, he'll get to know her and love her, just like Castile does. And nobody's going to hurt her. And she does believe him, so that's good. (laughs) Even if I don't. (laughs) Poppy, Poppy tells him then that she lied to him about what the Duchess was saying um, when she killed her. Which I'm kind of glad she does, because when she, in the moment when she lied, I was like, why is she lying? You know what I yeah. mean? I was like, that's kind of odd. So I'm glad that she does come clean here and, like, tell him, basically, yeah. that she said that their brothers were together and Tawny is or will soon be ascended and that the queen will be happy that they're married and that she'll do what the queen couldn't and take over Atlantia. Um, but... They're like, it's so crazy that that can't be true. Yeah. Why aren't we digging into some of this shit? Just ignore it all. So, I guess the the next day, they're on their way to Atlantia, and it's a bigger group. Um, Obviously, Kieran Castile and uh, Poppy are there, but, like, Beckett and Jasper are also part of this group. There's more than them, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, Do you know why I'm just, I'm backtracking a little bit. Sure. But, um, I feel like they gloss over so many important things. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they gloss over what the Duchess said. They gloss over what Lord, what's his face, Lord Cheney said. Oh, Cheney. Right? Lord Mazine. The guy that helped beat her in the beginning. Oh, thank you. That she killed, yeah. Um, 
I just feel like they gloss over so much stuff and I feel like it's in an effort to like normalize their situation. Like they're in such a precarious situation. Nothing has ever happened like this before. They're sort of doing a whole lot of stuff as firsts. And I feel like they just want to, like, try and be as normal as possible. So, like, weird stuff happens. And they're just like, mm, if we ignore it, it'll go away. It's just a very, like, it's a very immature thing to do. But it sort of makes sense for both of their characters. Like, they're just looking for a sense of normalcy. Yeah. I think I think that's giving a lot of credit, almost. Because I kind of feel like it's just, like, the author putting in crumbs and then being like, let's not think too much about that so that later on when it comes back, you'll think of this moment on your rereads and be like, oh, it was all there. You know? I guess. I don't know. But I, I can see, I can see what you mean. There's, yeah, they've got a lot going on. <laughs> yes. So I can see why they're not thinking things through maybe why they're killing people before they get all the information yeah you know yeah um so yeah so they can see the skotos mountains in the distance and there's mist everywhere and poppy asks like how the armies got through to get to the yeah battle because like fair question because before they told us that like you should only go in groups of three, but obviously the army came as a giant group. They didn't just go in groups of three through the woods to get there. They were in a hurry. Um, but Kieran tells her that the gods allowed it and they thinned it out for them. So they were able to like just march on through, which is convenient. And obviously the mist reminds Poppy of Craven. Um, but apparently they haven't been this far east since the war. And... Uh, Castile kind of comforts Poppy and says, like, the first time he was going through here, he was afraid, too. And he thought that, like, they'd go through the mist and the world would just end. Uh, but his brother Malik went first and he came back and told them that there were three-headed giants on the other side. And then, like, mm -hmm. just died laughing at them because it was a lie. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of cute. They had a... It's a cute moment. And, like, I kind of like that Castile... Talks about being afraid of things sometimes. It's not like he's, like, macho man, even yeah. though he is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they they kind of, like, get into the mist before she has too much time to panic. And Castile tells her to think of all the things he could do to her that no one would be able to see. Woo! <laughs> Which, like, yes, I get it. But also, they would hear it, and they would smell it, and they can smell this now. They can smell her turned on now, because she gets turned on by it. Okay, can I just say one thing? And yeah. it's gonna give you the heebie-jeebies. No. <laughs> Continue. So, this whole honeydew thing. Oh my god. So, if, 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 he, if that's what he gets in flavor, do we think... <laughs> do we think odor is similar oh my god <laughs> but this i'm not talking like i guess so i like, am so like, is, but is that but is that what people smell they smell 
your fucking <laughs> vagina juices and that's how they can tell that you're horny is I that thought. the smell i just i then how can you smell when men are horny i don't know pre-cum so like all these men are so horny that they're pre-cumming <laughs> but what if they're just like you know just feeling it a bit I thought I I kind of see it like Yeah, I hate it. I don't I didn't want to think about this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know. But I but there has to be like this is just disturbing. There has to be a through line. Because if they're just smelling honeydew, they don't know that that means that she's horny. So does that mean that there's like an underlying smell of everybody when they're horny smells like something? That's Like B.O. smells like a thing. So maybe this smells like a thing. But then hers, her specific smell of horniness Smells like honeydew, too. That's what I was thinking, because how would they know it's her if everybody's, if everybody's, like, horniness smelled the same? How would they know where it was coming from? If everybody's in a tight group together one night, how do they know who's who's? There has to be. Well, maybe, maybe, I guess they have better smellers than us. (laughs) But, because it's the same when, like, when you're in a group and somebody has BO and you're not sure who it is, I guess. Yeah. So, like, there must be some sort of underlying, like, individualization here. Um, yeah. Anyway. It's not not what I wanted to be thinking about, but thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry, it just came up. Like, I just thought about it. I know, and it just put a wrench in, like everything that I thought. I don't know what I thought they could smell. I thought they could just smell hormones or something. I didn't think that they could smell like (laughs) pussy juices for fuck's sake. (laughs) It's your fault. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) Okay. (sighs) So then he touches her lightly over her clothes and she starts to get wet, I'm sure. And then everyone smells it and he kisses her and then he tells her she can open her eyes and like the mist is a bit thinner. Like it's still hard to see, obviously, but she can see some of the forest and leaves and apparently they're all golden and beautiful. Aww. That's nice. That is nice. Um, and apparently these are the trees of the god Eos. That's how I'm saying his name. Don't know. And he is the god of fertility, love, and beauty. Oh, and it's a she. Sorry. Yep. And she (laughs) is sleeping underground. So I guess, like, it seems like all the gods are sleeping under something. Um, so that's interesting. And some say that she sleeps under the highest peak of these mountains and that um, you, like, you can also see the highest peaks, I guess, from the chamber of Nikdos, which is a temple just beyond the pillars and, like, where they're going, basically. Mm. And she asks if Nikdos sleeps under this chamber 
Um, but they say no one knows where Nikdos rests. <laughs> Sorry. And Castile then like kind of interrupts to split them into smaller groups so that she can't ask where everybody else sleeps. Um, but they all have to go into like groups of no more than three and they're going to meet at Gold Rock um, once they all get there, basically. And he tells them all to basically, like, arrive sound of mind. And you're like, what the fuck are they going into, basically? Yeah. Um, Jasper and his group uh, leave, and he tells them to be careful. And he tells Poppy to be wary of what her eyes and ears tell her. And she's kind of just like, what are the mountains going to do to us? And Castile's like, nothing. And you're like, sure. Cool. I know, they're making a really big deal about this for nothing to happen. Yeah. It's it's silly, because you're like, clearly you could give her some warning more than, like, the none they're giving her, but of course. But that's what they famously like to do. They hate giving her information. Yeah. So Castile and Kieran and Poppy obviously are traveled together. Um, so they're kind of silent for most of it, and it starts to get pretty cold. Uh, the further they travel into the forest. I I didn't think that this was going to be an overnight thing. Like, why didn't they, like, camp at the beginning of the forest in their large group, start the forest, just finish it in a day, and then be on the other side? I don't understand why they have to camp in the forest. I feel like maybe they're worried, like, they were just attacked. I feel like they're probably, yes. like, worried about being on that side of the Skodos Mountains. Like, maybe... Maybe in terms of being snuck up upon by enemies, being in the mountains is actually safer. I guess so. But, like, I guess it's the same as leaving New Haven. Like, are they going to find out now that everybody at Spess's End is dead because they left them? Like, it's just, it's odd. But, yeah, I'll buy that. I guess that makes sense. Um, So... Basically, as evening comes, they reach a peak and they stop for the night. And Castile can see more than Poppy can. So he, like, ties up their horse and Kieran and Castile light lamps. And Poppy asks why there are no animals here. But apparently they can feel the magic and they steer clear of it. So that's interesting. Um, Kieran goes to get wood and Castile, like, goes to settle the horse and Poppy is just like sitting on a tarp waiting and like she can't see anybody else but I assume they can still see like enough but Poppy starts to like push her hand through the mist and she kind of says like it seems like it's alive she like reaches out to it and it grows a hand to touch hers and she pulls back from it and it it, like does the same thing it kind of mimics what her hand is doing which is so cool It is, but it's also, like, one of those, like, nobody else can do this. It's like, she's 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 special. She's special, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, uh, yeah. Um, Castile asks what she's doing, and she asks if the mist is the magic, and, like, how, how does the magic work? Like, what is happening, basically? Um, especially since the gods are sleeping. And he tells her uh, there's still consciousness and it's like this mist is an extension of the gods' will. Um, So that makes her wonder, like, why do the Atlanteans trigger the mist at all if it's the gods' will? So, like, 
coming the Atlanteans coming into Atlantia, you'd think that they would be let through because wouldn't the gods want them to be able to go back? But it kind of makes me wonder if like the deities and the Atlanteans like it seems like they were at war at one point too. So like yes. are the deities the deities must still maybe not except the Atlanteans. I'd like I don't I haven't read anything, but like clearly there's something butting heads so, there. So what I don't understand, so like we just learned through all this heart mate business. So mm-hmm. the so deities are the children of the gods. Yes. And then eventually deities fell in love with humans who were eventually made into Atlanteans which then created the Atlantean bloodline, but then eventually the Atlanteans had a war with the deities and, like, killed them all. So I'm just surprised that the gods are okay with that. Like, essentially, the Atlanteans, first, they were bestowed, like, immortality, which not actually immortality, because they do die, but, like, they live for thousands of years, and then... So they were mortal, they were given this gift by the gods, and now they repay them by killing all their children? Yeah. So they were mortal, they became Atlantean because of the heart made thing. Mm-hmm. And then they had a war, I think. With the, with the people they were in love with. Yeah. Who made them who they are. Yeah. I guess it's the same... Is it the same thing as the Ascendants war with the Atlanteans? It's the same it's the same story because they made the Ascendants and then the Ascendants because they love it was love that made the Ascendants as well. It's literally the same story. Yeah. And now they're at war. Yeah. So it does make you realize like the gods as much as everybody's saying that like the gods are on the Atlantean side, there's clearly some tension there or the go- or the Atlanteans would be let through the forest without any mist at all by the gods, basically. It's kind of foreshadowing. But I guess I just put it together that, of course, they're going to do the trials because Poppy needs to become an Atlantean. Duh. Sorry. My brain is very slow today. Um, but that's fine. <laughs> so, oh, fuck. Poppy then realizes that there's like three sleeping rolls and they're all right next to each other. So they're all going to be squished squished together. Hot sandwich. Hot sandwich. Like who wouldn't want to be in the middle of that sandwich? (laughs) I would. But, But like she's scandalized by it, of course, because that's her personality. Um, well, having having a woman be, like, confident in her sexuality and, like, completely okay with herself and know what she likes is just not feasible for romanticy books. Yeah. Like, how yeah. many have we read and the women are almost always, if not a virgin, like, mm-hmm. almost, like, when we yeah. read, I'm obviously going back to, like, Avatar, but, like... Feyre had sex with one person, two people, after Tam, you know. Yeah. She had sex with Isaac and Tamlin before she got to her, like, forever partner. Yeah. And then, um, Selena slept with 
one, two people, one person. Before her right? person. Right? Before yeah. her person. And yeah. then, like, I'm just thinking of, like, I feel like there are definitely others. I just, it just annoys yeah. me that women are not allowed to, like, God forbid that someone writes a main character that has had lots of sex before, knows what she likes, and is not intimidated by closeness. Yes. The thing I hate about it, though, is, like, this is not sexual. No. It's like, warmth. It's freezing in the forest. She needs to sleep there so that she doesn't die an icicle. And they're being nice by having her be the middle spoon. So she's getting warm from the front and the back. Yeah. So like Each I them, just, they're going to have a cold side. They are. I just don't really, I kind of hate it because like it, it's, it doesn't need to be sexualized. But then the, they are sexualizing it so that it makes you think of the threesome. That, that we then don't get. has been foretold. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but it's been foretold. I say. Um. Yeah. So, of course, she ends up between them, and like both of the boys close their eyes and are trying to get to sleep, but she starts playing with the mist again, and Castile keeps like asking what she's doing which startles the mist and they're they're just like no the mist can't be startled and it can't do things like the mist isn't alive and they're like clearly it is but they don't they don't know that I guess but they tell her it's her imagination basically um which is another thing like stop dismissing everything like you already know she's quote unquote different she's not like other girls like oh my god Right? You'd God. think that they would realize that this could be a sign. Ugh. Um, so yeah, so basically Poppy is having trouble sleeping and she thinks of like everybody that has died and of Tawny and of the wolven surrounding them. And then she asks if there are any gods asleep under the blood forest, and Castile tells her that there isn't. Um so she asks if he knows, like, where the goddess Penelope, um, who she was named after, was born. And she's apparently the goddess of wisdom, loyalty, and duty. And he says that she sleeps under the great Athenium in um, Chalcedonia. So in Solus, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the god Theon... Of the god of Ackward and war, and his twin Layla sleep beneath the pillars of Atlantia. Which so is here's here's something going. I don't understand. So this is another one of those things where they're they're the god of the exact opposite. So he's the god of accords, which are agreements, and mm-hmm. the god of war. I guess war leads to accords. I guess. I know what you mean, though. And it does. I don't think it even says what his twin is the god of. Um, but yeah, so she's kind of asking where every god sleeps. And I don't know, I'm assuming it's important or else they wouldn't tell us. So that's why I put it in there. But that's all we got. Um, so she just is like, tells, just tells him that like she's having trouble sleeping. And Castile offers to read to her about Miss Willa sleeping in a similar situation to where they're sleeping. Um, but she's just like, nope. 
please stop. We're not doing this. And she closes her eyes. And when she wakes up, she's turned into Castile and she's like half lying on him. But Kieran is like curled up into her and like cuddling into her, obviously for body heat. But we can't. It has to turn sexual. I know. Um, and her hand is apparently like dangerously low on Castile's pants button. And she starts to like starts to like mm. think of sex, obviously, because that's how the whole book has to be. And a thigh, and she doesn't know whose it is, slides between her legs. You'd be able to tell which direction it's coming from. Yeah. You can't like put your like around and under. Like, you know which direction <laughs> You can't Unless not know whose thigh. I mean could the thigh come like so like if this is you sleeping and this is your head okay. uh, like and this is the next person sleeping could their leg not come behind like this yeah but then how would you think that's the person in front of you that's a good question i don't know like she should just... be able to tell directions for sure but it <laughs> yeah. physi- physiologically it is possible for him to or the other guy to yeah. But I'm just like, directionally, you should know yes. whose thigh is hitting you. Yeah. You should. Yes. Unless you're just such a tangle of limbs. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. No, this, I totally was waiting for, uh, like, a threesome moment. Especially in <laughs> the this sex. particular minute. Like, this yeah. moment, like... She doesn't know whose thigh it is. Like, come on, man. Like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, right? Um, and then we take a turn, and I guess she's trying to go to sleep again. But she starts to, like, pretend that her brother and Tawny aren't turned descendants, and, like, that descendants in general aren't real. And that Elantia will welcome her, and that she and Castile will age and live together. And she kind of drifts off to sleep thinking about that kind of stuff. Um, which is just a hard turn. You're like, why don't you yeah. picture a threesome? That's what I want. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Um, so she's she's awoken by someone whispering her name, and she's she recognizes it, and it's her father. And she kind of realizes then she must be dreaming because she knows that he has died. But he tells her she shouldn't be here. And someone asks if this is her. And he says she she doesn't know. So we don't know what she doesn't know, but she doesn't know. And the voice says understood. And the voice is apparently familiar. Hmm. And her mother comes and asks if her father trusts him, who I'm assuming is the voice. And her father says he does. And he'll heal, I'm assuming the voice again, bring them to safety. Then we end up at like her normal dream and her mother is telling her to get in the cupboard and her mother is pulled away. And she hears the poem again and someone grabs her arm. And she, like, she wants to see this person's face, but she's losing the dream and, like, she's kind of waking up, but she's trying to, like, she's trying to keep hold of it so that she can see who this person is because she knows that, like, whoever, this is a big deal. 
Whoever yes. this person is, is important. Um, but someone's telling her to stop. And then she hears her name and her eyes open. And the voice says, no further. What she seeks isn't here. And the mist ends up taking the form of a woman and tells her to go home, take what is hers, and she will find what she seeks, the truth. So that's interesting. What could that mean? Yeah. And I I wish I knew what happened with this. Uh, like, I wish we had clarification here. Of, like, like who the I, person is in the dream? Yeah. Or who? yeah. All of it. Well, I just we kind of get, the at the end of this book, we kind of get, like, go home is obviously Atlantia. Take what's hers is what she ends up getting at the very end of this book. Yeah. And she'll find the truth. I, I don't I don't know what that is yet, but I guess I guess that's in coming books. Um, Poppy asks the mist person who she is, but Castile grabs her and pulls her back, and he asks what she was doing, and she, and says like she would have been broken, and she's kind of confused of like what he's talking about, but he looks terrified, and she tells him that she was dreaming, and her father called her. And she just had to see his face. And she then, I guess, looks around and she sees the void in front of her. It's just like a giant cliff face. Like she would have just like splatted. Um, and then she tells Castile that she stopped her and told her to go home and take what is hers. But nobody else saw this missed person. Mm. Um, so then the ground starts to shake and Castile grabs her and runs and then Kieran grabs them both and like they fall into a tree together and just huddle up together because they're like, what the fuck is going on? And she tells them that she said like, like she saw a woman and then Kieran says that like this ground shaking rattling is a god returning to their place of rest. So we kind of assume that like the god Eos who's resting under this mountain stopped her from falling off right. the edge basically right um on their way out of the mountains poppy can't help thinking of the man and then of course of the like the missed woman who was potentially a god who stopped her and castile and karen like try to distract her a bit but it doesn't really work castile then like apologizes to poppy and tells her that um, like what happened wasn't her fault because he kind of he got a bit mad at her ish it wasn't really you could kind of tell like he was just worried that she was going to fall off a cliff and die mm-hmm. um, so it, but he might have startled her I guess she was sleeping it's really <laughs> it's not her fault and he does tell her that so I guess like this apology is good but not as necessary as some other apologies so <laughs> Um, but he, he also, he just tells her like, he shouldn't have yelled at her. And she says that he didn't yell. He was just scared. And he says he was fucking terrified and they're lucky they found her and they're lucky that like the God helped. So this is like a, well, I guess it's less an omen because it's actually a physical God helped her, but. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of signs from the god to do with Poppy. Um, 
he says that like what Poppy saw specifically her dream might have been real, but it also could have just been the mist. And he says like he was affected too, and he had dreams as well. Uh, and in his dreams, she was in the cage, and he couldn't free her. So like his dreams weren't things that had happened; they weren't real. So it's possible that the dream that she was having was also not real. Yeah. Um, but the mist had preyed on his fears. And when Kieran woke up at the same time from a nightmare, like clearly the mist had affected him too. So it was affecting everyone. And she tells him that her father used to say the first part of the poem that we've heard a few times, but what a pretty little flower, what a pretty poppy. And then the part of it that he didn't say, but keeps being in her dreams is pick it and watch it bleed. Not so pretty any longer. So she, she doesn't know who said the last part though, but she, she knows her father used to say the first part. Yeah. Um, Castile talks about how like Niktos blessed them. And then Eos woke from hundreds of years of sleeps to save her life. And she thinks of the Duchess calling her chosen, but she doesn't believe that she's special or the gods favor her. So, but like, clearly she is. Like, I don't know. You'd think after yeah. a few signs, like, you'd think you'd accept it. Yeah. Um, but basically Castile's like, you probably are. Like, the gods favor you. So he's like, his parents can't really not accept her i guess which i'm like they they still can yeah but (laughs) she starts to feel like some hope for the first time i guess about meeting them um they ended up meeting back up with their group at the gold rock and they all basically had weird dreams and everybody felt the rumble but castile doesn't say anything about the god or poppy's dream or any of that um, but the Wolven do look at her, especially Jasper, and it's kind of like they know something, but we don't know what they know. Um, I guess they get to the, the first town in Atlantia. I forget if we know what it's called. Not sure. But they can see the sea there and the pillars that they talked about. And she can feel her blood hum with the power. And Castile says, welcome home, princess. And she wonders if, like, this is truly her home. Yeah. You're like, more than likely, if you can feel your blood powering, it's probably your home. Well, I guess, too, she's probably feeling like they're telling her welcome home. She's never been there before. Like, it obviously yeah. can't feel like home right yet. No, of course. Um, There are soldiers lined up by the pillars and guardians are above. And, like, there's a bell that tolls the hour. So it's just very different than what she's used to. She can see a city, Seance Cove, that's the name, in the distance. And apparently it's very beautiful. And like the gods are carved into a mountain and they like have torches in their hands and they're like holding them out kind of thing. And they like look over the city. Um, Alistair rides towards them and tells them that he's glad they all made it. But Mm -hmm. Poppy feels something icy and, of course, he reminds her of Victor and dot, dot, dot. But that's all we get. Um, and I don't uh. actually know. I don't know. But I'm assuming that this is the voice. 
Oh. From, that, oh. That's just an assumption I'm making. I, I don't know if it's true at all, but that's kind of what it's, that's what I'm getting. Because that used to be his job. Yeah. So I'm like, it must be. He's just being, he knows more than, he knows more than we know. Well, he's just, he's also being like purposefully a dick all the time yeah. and trying to like put a wedge between her and Castile. So like, he's a bit shady. He's super shady. So the guy from her dream, I, from what we've gotten of her dream, it seems like he turned on them and killed her parents and I would think tried to kill her and then failed. Yeah. That's kind of what it seems like. Yeah, it seems like something about her made them want, made it beneficial for her to be dead as a small child. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, in my head thinking that must be him um but obviously i have no idea anyway so he asks about Spessa's end and says that the king and queen are actually here now and um he notices their hands of course and he's surprised that they got married even though i'm pretty sure they told him like um i'm pretty sure he they they told him that they were gonna get married but okay yeah they um, but definitely did. Yeah. Because Alistair tried to get Poppy on his side and was like, come on, wouldn't you want to meet, like, your future in-laws, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, no, I wouldn't want to, like, hear of all the ways they disapprove. And, like, remember, because she was saying how, like, no one except for the Wolven have even been nice to me. Like, Yeah. So, but I guess. No, I don't. That was all said to Alistair. Yeah, no, no, no. But I guess, like, he probably thought that where there was a fucking battle, they wouldn't spend some time <laughs> instead of preparing for a battle, getting married. <laughs> um, but Jasper tells uh, Alistair that Nikdos approved of the marriage because the sky turned to night, which surprises Alistair. And hmm. he says that that should soothe Castile's parents' When they find out that, like, they yeah. got married without even talking to them, without them there. Um, but then he asked to speak to Castile in private. And Ooh. Castile. Hmm? Sorry, just the no. fact. Like, you don't do that. No. I just think that that's a bit of a jackass thing to do, too. Yeah. And then, like, it, it gets kind of worse because Castile's like, you can speak in front of my wife. But Alistair says, like, she's not part of the crown yet because she hasn't been approved by his parents. So, like, she's just, like, before Castile can, like, lose his shit, basically, she says she'll go for a walk. And Beckett offers to take her to see the chamber of Nikdos, which we spoke about earlier. And she agrees. Um, Before she, like, leaves the group, Castile does apologize to her that, like, this is all happening so fast. Like, she's meeting his parents right the fuck now. Yeah. Which is fair. I'd be a bit pissed if you were like, we have a few days to journey to go see them, and then you're going to meet them. Um, And he says he wanted to give her time, but she says a walk will help her prepare. And, like, she is nervous, but but he says, like, this is real, and he kisses her. Then he tells her... He'll come for her. And she kind of expected him to say that he loved her here. 
and is a bit disappointed that he didn't. You can see it too. They haven't said it yet. No. It's... But like also, it just seems like an odd time like in front of all these people for the first yeah. time to say I love you to be in, like in front of everybody if you haven't said it yet. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um so Beckett takes her to the chambers and tells her a bit about it, I guess. Like the ancient ones are buried here and they're deities. Um and Poppy is kind of just like looking around like you do she's looking at the ocean and it's beautiful and she like tears up and she feels at home which is good Mm. for her a good feeling to have right before what happens yeah Um, (laughs) she she can feel beckett's fear but he does thank her for healing his legs and she responds that like he doesn't need to thank her but then when she turns around he's gone but there's about a dozen people standing behind her. And she's like, oh, what the fuck? And like, these people are Atlantean and mortals. And she can feel their anger. And they tell her that she shouldn't be here. That, like, her presence is a taint on Atlantia. And they, of course, call her the Maiden. And they're, like, blocking the exit, basically. Um... <laughs> She kind of realizes that this is a trap and that Beckett brought her here and she assumes that, like, he's he's in on it like he would. Um, yeah. She kind of thinks that, like, they can't hurt her because of who she is and who she is to the prince. So she needs to, like, de-escalate the situation. Um. But one of them kind of, they're kind of yelling to her, I, I guess. And one of them says, like, she's captured the prince because she's a soul leader. And, like, that's how she, like, she manipulated his emotions to get him to fall for her. Um, which, like, if that was something she could do, I get why they'd be pissed. Like, obviously, this is not the way to go about it. But... It is just, this just, this just seems to come out of left field for me. Oh, 100%. Like, they hate her guts with the fire of a thousand suns. Yeah. And it just, like, bothers me that it came so out of left field. But, like, like, I get that they're pissed that the maiden is married to the prince. Sure. And then they find out that she's potentially a soul eater and she can manipulate emotions. Okay. But you're going to go murder somebody for that. Like, did the... Like, I I obviously think that Alistair is a part of this. But are his parents a part of this, too? I don't know. Because they're there. They are in the city, yeah. So, like... I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, She kind of tries to tell them that she isn't an empath, but a man tells her to shut up and calls her a whore. I mean, it's, I just, what, it's what people do. That's like their go-to insult for a woman. I just am You're like, such a whore, even though you've been a shut-in your whole life and have slept with one person, you're still a whore. I just think it's unnecessary. Like, I don't know. It's kind of it, like that comment of the guy that wore a face for his face. And they're like, I just yeah. don't think... We need 
this over-sexualization and slut-shaming. Yes! It's just, I, I don't, I don't enjoy it. And even she's like, okay, they're calling me a maiden and also a whore. Like, that's, I don't understand. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's, I guess that's the point. But I still, I don't like shaming sex. Um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, They also tell her that she was sent by the Ascended to destroy Atlantia from within. And she is the one that led the army to Spessa's end. And she's warped the prince's mind. Which you're like, if she did all that, she would be pretty badass. She's already badass. And also, she's like not even 19 yet. And they still think (laughs) she can get all that done. I was lucky to get my schoolwork done when I was 18. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's unlikely. There ain't Um, no way. No. So she ends up starting to like lose her cool. And she tells them if they call her a whore one more time, they'll regret it. And yes. they think that she means because of the prince, which is a fair assumption, but obviously she's talking about because she is also able to yes. defend herself. Um, but they say that like the prince is lost to them because of her, just like Malik is lost to them. And it's like, even if she was controlling Castile's emotions, wouldn't would killing her not make him back to his normal self? You'd think? Yeah. I don't know. It yeah. just seems, I, I don't understand the logic here, but I don't think there's any. Um, a woman throws a stone at her and hits her shoulder and they, they literally just start stoning her, which I'm like, this seems. But that's what I mean. Like, it seems totally disproportionate. Like they're literally trying to stone her to death she hasn't even, like, gotten a chance to speak to anybody, like, it's just, like... Yeah, and I get, like, I get the... Sorry. Yeah, no, I know. Go. I know, I know. Like, they think that she has to touch them to use her soul eater power. I get, I get that they're trying to stay further away from her. I understand logistically that stoning is something you can do from a distance. So is throwing a dagger. And it just seems biblical and unnecessary. And I'm like, okay. But I guess the whole thing kind of gets biblical because um, they're throwing stones at her. They're hitting her. She's in pain. Um, the sky starts to thunder and lightning. She ends up falling to her knees from the rocks. And her hold on like her senses shatter. And they're still yelling at her and calling her whatever, like, ascended trash, a soul eater whore, they're throwing the rocks. Can I just say, like, when does this happen? (laughs) Like, when do, like, you're, you don't agree with who someone marries, so you try and stone her to death? And, like, isn't the whole point of stoning (laughs) that he who, like, what is it, he who has has done no sin can throw the first stone basically yeah so now you're you're all sinning by judging and naming like calling her names basically and like you're throwing stones while doing that like the hypocrisy and maybe that's the point maybe the point is how hypocritical it is but it's just like wouldn't they see that it's hypocritical i don't know 
I don't know. To me, this just, like, I appreciate why it's in here, and we're gonna find out in a second, like, why, like, she needed to be provoked. I understand that. Mm -hmm. It just, it just came out of nowhere. And I just, I feel like it is, as much as we're talking about, like, (laughs) as much as we're discussing a magical realm where there's, like, vampires and magic and gods and all this sort of thing, I still want the actions of the people to be believable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I still want, when a character does something, I want them to do something and and think, yeah, I think that's reasonable. To me, this is not reasonable. To me, this is, she needed to be in danger to be provoked, so... I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I guess, like, if they had gone for throwing a dagger at her, it wouldn't have worked her up enough. But, like, I also, like, I just, I feel like, you know, I and I get, too, that maybe the book was, the book is getting a little long at this point. Like, we're already, like, what, this is five, six hundred pages in, so maybe mm-hmm. the book was just getting a bit too long. But, like, why couldn't this have happened, like, during the battle? Why couldn't... Oh, like her, why, her yeah. coming into her own shit? Yes. Why she, she had to be in Atlantia for it to happen. And like, but, but I, okay, I fine. Like, why couldn't they have, like, made a public appearance to, like, yeah. everybody and had this sort of, like, a gradual thing of maybe her trying to speak and people, like, sort of throwing, like, well... Food. Th- well, not even that, but, like, throwing truths at her about her life and, oh. like, her not being able to to refute them. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, a, a reasonable escalation. excuse. Yes, a reasonable ex- escalation and a reasonable excuse for people to be worked up and angry enough to try and kill her as a mob. Yes. To me, this was just a, we're a mob, we're gonna kill you with stones. Yeah. Like, she did nothing to warrant it at this point. Yeah. Besides of the fact of who she is. Yeah, and I get that, like, there's definitely some manipulation of them behind the scenes by, I'm assuming, Alistair. Somebody. It's all an assumption. Yeah. There's clearly some behind-the-scenes manipulation there. I get that, but... I just... I And I get that she needs to get worked up slowly. She needs to be angry it all needs to happen in a certain way but i'm also like why why would you think that throwing stones at someone is the best way to kill them in the 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 bare minimum (laughs) it's just so it's so yeah it's a bit odd um so she she's getting to the end of her rope and she whispers enough and her body is trembling like it did when the wolven showed up to the battle and her blood is just like falling to the ground and then there's more blood and the sky is bleeding and as it lands it gets roots and then disappears and the people stoning her think it's the tears of an angry god and it's an omen that she has to die and they know that they're gonna die for this because like obviously prince castile is not gonna be happy yeah um but they've already accepted this basically so they're like yelling for Atlantia and then someone yells from blood and ash and another yells like we'll rise again my brothers and sisters 
and Poppy's skin starts to hum and she feels the tether to each of those people stoning her and she can feel their hatred and thirst for vengeance and she takes it all inside of her until she can taste the blood and death and then she says enough and the tethers apparently turn visible and silver and one Atlantean says her eyes, I guess. So I guess her eyes have changed to color. And then asks for the gods' forgiveness, but like it's too late. And she throws her arms out and all of the vengeance and hate triples and goes back into these people on these tethers. Yeah. Um, and then like their vileness starts eating them up until they all fall in heaps and they're like holding their rocks or they're holding their throat and blood runs in pink puddles around them and they basically all die on their own hatred. Love it. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> also pretty biblical because it's like the like it's kind of like the whole stoning thing like you're not supposed to throw a rock unless you haven't done anything wrong and it's like they did and now they're getting their threefold whatever. Yes. Um, so <laughs> Poppy kind of feels nothing but bells start tolling rapidly and it's kind of like the one that told the hour, but now it's just going off for no reason. Um, and the temple is shuddering and the stone cracks behind her and a giant blood forest tree spouts from where she first bled. And then she sees like hundreds of woven that are coming to her and like they, I guess, smell her scent and look to her and her silvery light is, surrounds her and then like jasper's there as in his woven form he's like a giant silver woven and he stops in front of her and then castile shows up and tries to come towards her but jasper growls a warning and then like nobody can get near her because the woven are just like completely surrounding her like protecting her which is lovely yeah exactly and then poppy sees the king and queen among the people that are like showing up to be like what the fuck is going on yeah and the queen asks hawk what he brought back <laughs> which God. is like Not who. Per- what? the perfect way to meet your daughter-in-law um <laughs> so dumb and <laughs> alistair says it isn't too late <laughs> and she says yes and looks between Hawk and Poppy and then, like, at all the woven. And um, Poppy looks at Castile and thinks of him, like, as her heart mate. And he, like, kneels down in front of her. Uh, and the queen says, it is too late. And she takes off her crown. And apparently, like, the torches that the statue gods are holding all light up. And she, the queen tells everybody to kneel in front of the last descendant of the most ancient ones. She who carries the blood of the king of gods bow before the new queen. Mm. So Poppy has the blood of gods in her. And she is now the new queen. Not even the blood of just the gods, the blood of the king of the gods. So the blood of Nyctos. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. So she's obviously not just half Atlantean. Yeah. I actually know what 
<laughs> you know what's going on. <laughs> a little bit. Like, obviously, I don't know all the answers. No. Because apparently it changes quite a bit from what I've oh, heard. Okay. Like, I've heard that they think she's this, but no, actually, she's this. And then I hear, that like, was this more, whole like... Book. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> apparently it gets even more. Like, they think she's this, but then she's not actually that. So, as as far as I know. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah, so... so we kind of talked a lot about how, what, what we think of the book as we went through, but, like, do you have any final... Uh, yeah, I mean, like... Obviously, I I do really like the story and the book. I do think there needs to be, I just, I just, no shade against the author herself. I think her idea was fantastic. I think, Mm -hmm. I I really like Poppy. I really like Castile. I really like Kieran. Like, and I need them to have a threesome for the love of Christ. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I, I love where she's going with it. Mm Mm-hmm. I just, I think she needs a new editor, for one. I think she needs to slow down on churning them out, because Mm -hmm. I think these came out in quick succession. So, yeah, I think she needs to slow down, because from Blood and Ash came out in 2020, this book came out in 2020, uh, the third book is 2021, The War of Two Queens was 2022, and this most recent one just came out in 2023. Like, and, and she did she did the book about the gods or something. She at least has one or two of that series out too. Yeah, and there's one called Visions of Flesh and Blood. It's a oh oh it's a compendium that's due out in 2024. Hmm. So, I just like I I just I feel like she needs to slow down, really like like sort through the ideas. If she wants to lay breadcrumbs, make them either so indistinguishable that we don't recognize them until you go back. Because that's sort of where I'm at with this book is that, like, they bring stuff up that doesn't Mm -hmm. get answered. But I notice it. Yeah. And I'm like, when am I going to get the answer for this? Yeah. And I, I don't like that. Yeah. Like... And we keep going back to SJM, but SJM is, like, my favorite author. I feel like with her books, either if it's a big plot point, you sort of get the answer soon, like, quickly. Mm-hmm. But if it's not, and it's just, like, an Easter egg or, like, a, a breadcrumb, you don't even notice that it's there. Right? Like, it's yeah. it's just... It's an interesting, like, little thing, and then you move on, and then after you've read the books and sort of know what happens, then you can go back and be like, oh, right, I forgot about this. I didn't realize it at this point. Yeah. Right? And I feel like these books are trying to do that, but they're not achieving it the same, with the same effectiveness. Yeah. And, like... I feel like so much happens, like, there is no way that she can be in mortal danger this much without a reason. Like, pick one, pick one thing to happen to her, like, that's dangerous. Like, a big thing. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know why the Bones clan men came up. Yes. 
Yeah. Why? Why, why, why couldn't that? Why couldn't they be a crave? If you need another attack, there, crave it. Easy. Yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah. yeah. It just seems like everybody hates her for not good enough reasons to want to kill her in my book, and it's only gonna get worse. Like she gets like in book three. I'm not gonna tell you like much, but. Mm-hmm. In book three, like, the first quarter of that book, her life is in danger again. Yeah, I think I remember that part. Because I kind of thought that it was associated with the end of this book, but we don't get it till next book. But I know the next book does start, like, the next book starts right after this. And I get, like, you want this ending. Because this ending is like, holy shit, she's the new queen. Like, we knew she probably would end up being the queen, but, like... She's the queen now because she's now the most powerful, like, yeah. Atlantean or like because the of her blood, of the gods. not yeah, yeah. It's because of her blood, not because of who she married. Yeah, so like Castile's the king, but only because he married her, not because yes. <laughs> he took over for his parents. And like, I think that's cool. Like, I love that that idea. Yeah. Great, and I get they wanted to end the book on that part, but I'm like, I I do I agree. Like, there was too much in this last week. There was an entire battle with the Ascended, and then her, I'm going to call it a trial in the woods, where she almost falls off the cliff. Like, that's a that's a big thing. Like, a god yeah. comes and saves her life. That's huge. Yes. But you kind of skip over it because we get to this stoning event. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like it could have been organized differently so that it wasn't so much so many things in the very end that like aren't related at all yeah yeah and like and yeah like if it is an important event we need to know answers i don't like this like yeah you know what i mean but that's that's the whole like seven book thing and i i get that because you want readers to come back because they do want answers not just because they want a threesome (laughs) I'm never going to get over it, ever. <laughs> yeah. That's anyway. my takeaway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in but saying yeah. that, obviously both of us still, like, really like the book. Like, this was probably out of the two so far. I do, like, I think I like the writing in the last one better. But I do think I like the story of this one. Like, mm-hmm. I like the whole getting married thing. I like their time in Spess's end. Like, Fuck I yeah, they also got married that. this week. Yeah. <laughs> so much. Yeah. So, I like all that. Yeah. But, in saying that, I still haven't gotten through the third one. No. But, like, so, I I obviously haven't gotten through the third one either, but I haven't read the third one in, like, since 2021 now anyway, so I don't really remember it. But, if, okay, I don't understand if she is actually the granddaughter of the Queen of Solace. Oh, okay. Yeah, the granddaughter of the Queen of Solace. Yes. Why wouldn't the Queen of Solace just come to Atlantia and be like, I'm the queen! I have Nikdos' blood! Maybe, could it, could, but it could be on the other side. Oh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. I guess so. Like, she could be the maternal line yeah. Maybe her grandmother. Maybe or maybe, maybe she and Nikdos made her mother. Maybe. Maybe, maybe that's maybe it is granddaddy. Mm. Nikdos. Yeah. Okay, that makes a bit I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah. Thank you. 
I just, it's just like, I... Although, again, if Nikto's mated with her, then she must be, like, more than chump change. Well, she has... One assumes that she has Atlantean blood, or she would be dead by Ascended, allegedly, so... Mm, that's true. Anyway, I, I don't really know, but... Yeah. You'd think... I just... I don't understand what they were gonna do with her. And I guess that's the whole point. There's so many more books. We'll get it eventually. But I'm like, what? what are their plans for her... Yeah. Why didn't they just send her here and say, she's the queen? I know, if that's what they wanted the whole time. Yeah. Why raise her, like, the way they raised her and not let anybody see her face? Not let anybody talk to her? Let her have a terrible upbringing? Only to be like, oh, but I love you. Yeah, the raising of her was Do odd. You? Like, why did you raise yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Was she just going to be like, a present for the dark one? And then, like, she she did it on her own. I Yeah, I don't understand. Anyway, we could talk about this for hours, but there's three more books that could also give us answers. So maybe we'll get to those sooner than later. Soon. Yeah. Because yeah. I, if I forget I, too much, then we're screwed. We have to reread all of yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And we can't do that again. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess that wraps it up for this week and this book. Um, if you want to get in touch with us and share your thoughts on anything you heard in any of our episodes, or if you have any book suggestions, please reach out to us at, by email at coffeeandcoread at gmail.com or on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at coffeeandcoread. So next week, new book week. Woo, it woo, is woo. the beginning of September. So to celebrate me going back to work, <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be reading Air of Fire by Sarah J. Mass. It is the third book in the Throne of Glass series. We are going to be reading chapters 1 to 14. Uh, so make sure to follow along. Bring tissues. Uh, and if you're enjoying our chats, don't forget to follow, rate, and review wherever you get our content. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you on the next page. <laughs>